0: This is a News Laundry podcast, and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angre's Apna Lagan, or News Laundry Apna Hafta, Kabina Ichhorte. Welcome to the last episode of Hafta for this year. And uh, this is a Hafta where we have two very special guests for you who will tell us all about the many significant things that have happened in the last month. the the last few days of the parliament session where apparently 11 bills were pushed through and those will all be part of the headlines which Jayashree will tell us. But before we get to the headlines, let me introduce our panel to you. In the studio uh, are Raman Kripal and Mingisha Pandey. Hi. Our in-house editors. Joining us on the phone line from Chennai is Jayashree. Hi, Jayashree.
0: Hi. Hello.
1: And also joining us via Zoom are our two guests, Apar Gupta. Hi, Apar. Hi, hi,
2: everyone. We're still dealing with this. The pandemic is not over.
1: Yes, so Apar, he's a writer, lawyer, he's the executive director of Internet Freedom Foundation, and you may have read his piece in the index press. Also joining us from Bangalore, I'm assuming on the fo- on the Zo- on Zoom, is Nitin Pai. Hi, Nitin.
3: Hi, Abhirandal.
1: So many of you would also be familiar with Nitin. He is a writer and a policy wonk. He is the co-founder and director of Takshila Institution. In fact, many of his products who have done courses have also come here. And I must say, uh, it's built quite a reputation for itself. An independent center for research and education in public policy. And Pai has written for the print, for Business Standard and Rajasthan Patrika. Uh, and uh, you also uh, write, f- you have your own uh, um, website, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I do have my website that's to collect everything. But currently, I, I'm a columnist with Mint and Sakar. I see. So, uh, not with the Business Standard and uh, Rajasthan Patrika anymore.
1: Okay, not anymore with them. So, on that note, uh, we shall get the headlines from Jayashree. But Jayashree, let's wish everyone a Merry Christmas and hope all of you... Get Christmas gifts from the news laundry merch because as you know, we take no ads. We are an ad-free platform. So not only will you be making someone happy by giving them some very attractive news laundry merchandise, you will also be supporting journalism. And a very important announcement, and if my panel will just indulge me and allow me to say this because this is an important thing. After the 1st of January, please listen very carefully. New RBI guideline is going to kick in. On recurring payments, uh, a new payment regime for online card transaction is going to take effect on the first of Jan. Many of you already know about it. Those of you who don't, uh, basically, the RBI has given directions where online merchants and payment companies need to purge the saved card data and replace the current system. So all your card, like right now, if you shop on Amazon or if you even subscribe and do repeated subscriptions for news laundry, all that ill. Hai. Like it's not ki bhai. Now there'll be a unique token will be put for every transaction. So this means from the 1st of Jan, you will not see your safeguard information on any payment service that you use, all the wallets, etc. This will impact our recurring subscriptions significantly, and we've already faced that hit once before. And it's going to cause some friction in renewing your subscriptions, dear subscribers. So to make the most of the next week before the deadline hits and shit hits the fan, and then we'll figure out how it has impacted us, we have a discount coupon for Hafta listeners. So use the discount code HAFTA360, I repeat, H-A-F-T-A, H-A-F-T-A 360 to get a flat 20% discount on annual uh, subscription plans uh, and subscribe while it's still easier too. So before the 31st, if you use this discount code and subscribe, you will get that 20% discount and it'll also be easier for you till, you know, over the next year we figure out how to deal with this. So on that note, Jashi, let's have the headlines and we'll get quickly into the discussion.
0: Okay, so the headlines of the week... Uh, Parliament ended a day early in what the government called a success, but the opposition said bills were rushed without debate. 11 bills were passed by both Houses of Parliament. This includes the Farm Repeal Bill 2021. In the Lok Sabha, a bill was passed to link electoral rolls with Aadhaar, so this is something we could maybe talk about. After two years of deliberation, the Parliamentary Joint Committee on the Personal Data Protection Bill 2019 has tabled its report. This happened this week. In Karnataka, the cabinet has okay, a cabinet has okayed an anti-conversion bill, which makes forced conversion a cognizable and non-bailable offence, among many other things. I think it's likely to be tabled today during the ongoing legislature session. Earlier this week, also in Karnataka, Congress MLA K R Ramesh Kumar controversially said, "When rape is inevitable, lie down and enjoy it." Uh, In Goa-related news, the Congress has been reduced from 17 MLAs to two. Meanwhile, Arvind Kejriwal has said the Trinamul Congress is not even in the race, and I quote, for the upcoming assembly election. In Punjab, there have been two lynchings in two days following accusations of desecration. The first was at the Golden Temple and the other was at a village, Gurudwar. Also in Punjab, in Ludhiana, two people were killed and four were seriously injured in a blast inside a crowded court complex. Meanwhile, an SAD leader, Bikram Singh Majithia has been booked in a drugs case. This has been described by pa- Punjab Congress Chief Sidhu as the first step against the drug mafia.
1: And, uh, and important my, to who? note, this was done by the central government, not by the state. This is by the narcotics department. The, yes. the union government has done this, who were a former ally of SAD. So, And, uh, you know, we lost your audio when you mentioned the village where the desecration happened. It was Amritsar and the second one was?
0: Uh, I said village Gurudwar and Kapurtala in Kapoorthala In
1: Kapurtala, correct, right. Hmm.
0: Yeah. On Monday, the Nagaland assembly unanimously adopted a resolution demanding the repeal of AFSTA during a special session. This This came after many protests took place in the state. In Gujarat, violent clashes took place during an AAP protest outside a BJP office. 70 people have been arrested so far. In bad news, India has recorded over 236 cases of the Omicron variant of COVID. This is across 16 states and union territories. The Kerala High Court has dismissed a plea for removing the Prime Minister's picture from COVID vaccine certificates. I think he said we should be proud of our Prime Minister.
1: And it is our duty to...
0: Priyanka Gandhi has said BJP leaders and government officials are involved in the Ayodhya land scam. She has disbanded the intervention of the Supreme Court. And in slightly happier news, a Madras High Court judge has said let's learn to laugh. He said perhaps we should amend our constitution to say citizens have a duty to laugh. So yeah,
1: Right. And uh, those of you who are hockey enthusiasts, India beat Pakistan 4-3 in a rather thrilling match to get the bronze medal in the Asian Championship trophy. So uh, let's get to the parliamentary proceedings first. So Nitin, if I may come to you first, Uh, you know, we'll talk about the specific bills a little later. But I I know, you know, you collect a lot of data. You've been a keen observer of um, policy and therefore, I guess, how bills are passed. I have this data point, which I have quoted ad nauseum. On the 23rd of December 2008, the UPA passed 17 bills in 12 minutes. Uh, And I remember that time, um, many of us were extremely uh, critical of it. And 179 people spoke in five years in that parliament.
4: Was 66A among the bills that were passed in one go? Wasn't uh, that also? No, I think
1: 66A didn't come in 2008. It came much. It came in uh, two, later, UPA yeah. 2.
4: But that was also without any discussion, right? Like some Yeah, seven, and even minutes.
1: SCZ bill was a discussion. Uh, but what does the data say? We see what the mahal says. But I mean, and if you you know want to just guess, that's fine as well because you may not have the data handy just now. But the passage of bills does it go through parliamentary committees? Is that the accepted norm? Or have most significant bills gone through this way? That is one question. The second, do you feel that parliament is becoming irrelevant when it comes to how laws are made in this country?
3: I think this is the end of the year. So I want to indulge in a little more of uh, serious thinking. And if you ask me seriously, I think the best way we can make laws in this country is by arm wrestling. Uh, You know, uh, we just get... Four representatives or five representatives from each of the parties uh, say, okay, you are a BJP. Uh, your weightage is so much because you have so many uh, seats in parliament. Your Congress, so you have 80. So your your weightage is 80, and some guy has just one. So your weightage is one. Now all of you do arm wrestling or do tug of war, you know, or do some feat of force and strength. You know why do you want to uh, just get through this noisy, cacophonous, absolutely ridiculous spectacle of you know, debating things in Parliament, right? So I think the the idea that you have Parliament, which is a deliberative institution, uh, meant to uh, reflect on legislation, look at the constituents' interests. Uh, We have 545 constituencies, maybe in the, uh, you know, roughly in the Lok Sabha. Uh, So each constituency has about 10 to 12 million people. So, you know, are you voicing the uh, concerns and the interests of those constituents Let's throw all this fiction out of the way, because this is not happening. And it's as you pointed out, it's not been happening for some time. And uh, it's not just the union legislature, but you will also look at the state governments. That's a travesty. right? Very few people look at what happens in state legislatures. Do they meet at all? And when they meet, uh, how many bills do they pass in uh, what time? And this is a story which has been going on roughly since the mid-80s. And I'm sure you guys and your readers and listeners will know that the root cause of this is the anti-defection law which was brought in the 80s, which basically says that if you're an MP, you better vote according to what the party leadership says. If you don't according, vote according to the party whip, we will get you out of parliament. Right? So it changed an MP from being a thinking uh, political representative to a robot who presses the button according to the wishes of the party leadership.
1: The, the, the stated objective at that time was to stop what the IRAM, GAYARAM kind of, you know, someone votes this way one day, this way the other day. So apparently, this would stop that. But I'm sure there were ways to prevent that. But that is yeah, what you was.
3: See, yeah. So you, when you muck around with, you know, constitutional apparatus and machinery, you will have consequences, right? And it so happens that you have consequences today where, I mean, really, whether you summon parliament or not, whether parliament deliberates something or not, whether it goes to the uh, committee or not, by and large, as a macro picture, it really doesn't matter yet. So, I think from 22 onwards, I think we should do arm wrestling. I think it will be far more interesting. Or maybe Kabaddi because that's Atmaneshwar, right? That's very Indian. So, let's let's do uh, Kabaddi with the number of players in the teams uh, changing according to the number of votes they got in the election.
1: Right. Okay. Um, uh, we'll come back to specific bills also. But, but apart on this issue, on specifically how generally bills are passed... Yes. Uh, would you like to draw a distinction between now and earlier uh, or is it just that these guys are, you know, they look a lot more bullies but the procedures are pretty much not very uh, dissimilar to early regimes. What do you make of how parliament is functioning right now? And also 12 of them are sitting outside, unprecedented, yeah. The they, they were basically punished for, in the previous session, for what was said was, you know, unbecoming behavior, etc. Mm-hmm. So they were expelled, uh, suspended from the parliament. But that suspension has been brought to the winter session, which has never happened before. Because that sentence should end with that session. Uh, so, that also happened this time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of peculiar things have been happening in Indian Parliament. And here's the thing, Abhinandan, a lot of people, like a fan base, uh, by fan mesa and trolls on Twitter, basically think that, uh, we level a greater degree of scrutiny on this government because we don't agree with its politics, etc. And that's not correct because let's bring some data here. Okay, and let's just look to it from a very non-partisan institution, which is PRS Legislative. And it was with respect to the monsoon session of parliament, which happened late uh, last. Uh, and what they were looking at essentially was the number of bills the government introduced and how many were referred to the standing committees of parliament. Just to break this down for listeners, basically the government introduces a bill. It says, we think this is right, please pass this. Quite often, members of the opposition don't agree to it. They don't have the uh, numbers to defeat the bill, but the government basically takes in those points of view because also remember, each member of opposition is basically a representative of a constituency. They have won an election, okay? They represent a large number of people. So to keep that unanimity and also to bring in diversity and diversity at foresight, they send it to a standing committee of parliament. There are various standing committees and they look at these bills. So what does the data say here? PRS data shows that in the first term of the Narendra Modi government, 25% of the bills introduced were referred to committees Quote, unquote, the figure, however, is much lower than 71% and 16% in the 15th and 14th Lok Sabha, respectively. The Manmohan Singh-led UPA government was in power in the 15th and the 14th Lok Sabha. And what's happening right now, Uh, till the monsoon session of parliament, uh, one in five bills was only sent to such kind of standing committees, which is like in terms of 82 bills, only 17% And a lot of standing committees are also headed by members of opposition and they don't wear those party hats there. So it doesn't matter if you're from BJP or the Congress, the basic objective is let's all get our views in together, give certain recommendations for side because otherwise it's just a government ministry drafting the bill and then the minister presenting it to parliament and then due to that majority it passing through and becoming law and potentially somebody like me okay a busybody goes to court and challenges it it gets struck down this is so inefficient right so it can be better this is the value of deliberation and the data is telling us this is not happening the second thing very quickly i just like to point out is that the government also and not only the government i would say even the houses The Lok Sabha and the Rajya Sabha and specifically the speaker and the secretariat have been tom-toming this efficiency. How many laws we are scrapping, how many laws we are passing. And that's a data point we need to be a little much more careful of because as Chakshu Roy from PRS again reminds us, the recent monsoon session of parliament is proof that speed of passing laws trumps their rigorous scrutiny in our legislative process and etc cetera, etc cetera. he goes the repetition of such legislative function is appalling especially as both government and parliament continue to make the same mistake end of quote so I'll just pause here uh, Abhinandan but from the data and expert opinion it seems all is not well
1: yeah that was an unhealthy parliamentary system which is what was envisaged Now, if you want to change that that's a separate matter but uh, before I open this out to the rest of the panel and who can give us their views on, you know, just how parliament has functioned, and the highest points or the low it's points. I had a
4: question of you that mm. uh, you were pointing out all the bills that were passed uh, by UP. What was the media coverage like back then? Like, did it get enough uh, pushback? No. 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 And BJP, uh, you know, being, quote-unquote, obstructionist in parliament, protesting against the government. What I kind think... of coverage did that get? But because I... the, there's also the thing that with the way the BJP or the current government has been in parliament, there's widespread endorsement among large sections of television media at least and the opposition is blamed for being an obstructionist force and this
1: is 2008 so we're talking about the first few years of television news Yeah. Uh, so things are not as insane as they are now also I think there wasn't it wasn't this BJP uh, the BJP was kind of asleep. Um, it wasn't smelling blood the way this one does. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've spoken to many BJP leaders and I'd like to know Nitin's and Apar's, uh, you know, if you have had any such interactions or conversations. Uh, many of them who may not necessarily uh, endorse the insane agenda that we see in these meetings of, you know, let's kill minorities type of things that, you know, that Ashwini Upadhyay was a part of. And uh, basically the question that I was putting was that I remember the, RSS and very senior RSS people at the time were very unhappy with Atal because Atal was becoming bigger than the RSS. That no one becomes bigger than the RSS. You know, you cannot, like the way he can, you know, Govinda Acharya was removed overnight and you could not cross mm. him. Uh, even if there's dissatisfaction with Modi becoming bigger than the RSS, they have never faced this kind of power before. They've never tasted it. They actually can get a temple made in Mathura, Kashi, Kutub Minar, wherever the hell they want. <laughs> So they are not going to risk that. So, I mean, they're saying, let's go full insane. So I, I think that makes a big difference. But, you know, um, that's something that's been much in the news is this... What's his name? Joe Manchin. I, think, I don't know how he pronounced it. Uh, the US Democrat who's blocked Biden's let's build America better bill. One one Democrat. Their party only. Mm. Because they have like 50-50 majority. It's 50-51, whatever. He's not voting with his president. What well, I think is a $3 trillion bill that... This guy wants out of which only 1.2 they're approving, so one guy who's a Democrat has blocked the bill. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, Nitin. See, I think I wrote
3: about this in the context of Nagaland and AFSPA. You know, this whole and I think your uh, Jaisri mentioned AFSPA in the news readout. See, I think whether AFSPA should be employed or not is it's a it's a debate, but it's uh, very much a red herring it's a red herring because what you're really up against is a very asymmetric federal structure. You mentioned the US, right? Uh, and Rhode Island, which is one of the states of the United States, it has I think 1 million as a population and I think the, the area is probably Lajpatnagar in Delhi, you know, it's just as big as Lajpatnagar uh, or slightly bigger. And it's a state of the union. It has two senators, California and Texas, which are probably a godzillion times bigger and, yeah. have, you know, hundred times or thousand times more population, well, million times more population, have two senators. Now, what that does is it tells Rhode Island that if Rhode Island wants to hold up a union registration, a federal legislation, it can. There are two senators and they are equally powerful. Nagaland has one seat. UP has 80. <laughs> Nagaland has one seat. All the seven, uh, you know, states of uh, the northeastern uh, part of the, of the country together have, I think, about 14 seats. UP has 18. So, so you know, hmm. your your
1: problem really. So is the, is the UP that rhetoric very, will always trump those seven states. Right. And any
3: any guy who becomes the chief minister of UP decides that next year he's going to be the prime minister of the country. And you might have people in other parts of the country, uh, whether they are BJP ruled or non-BJP ruled. You have chief ministers who have done exceedingly well in delivering good governance. Have no chance in hell to become prime minister because you know you're, you're just some you know vacant part of the federation, so you have a structural problem here, right? And whether Manchin can hold up legislation or you know uh, Rhode Island can hold up uh, union registration, it tells you that you are part of the United States of America. Right? Like that's the same criticism
1: that. of the Dakotas, also the North Dakota and South Dakota, they have a disproportionately small population, exactly, and exactly. Yeah. So
3: at one level, you could say that look. Uh, these guys are holding up legislation, but that, that's why you have Lok Sabha, which is based on population and Rajya Sabha, which is based on states. Like, Correct. In the US also, you have representative, which is based on population and Senate, which is based on... So basically, states. it's
1: to avoid the majoritarian kind of push yeah. to which can completely... And a lot, of, Halech, a lot no. of
3: you guys here are fa- fans of Manmohan Singh. I'm partly a fan of Manmohan Singh also. But for God, I cannot believe that guy is from Assam. <laughs> like, he was a member of the Rajya Sabha from Assam. Like, can you believe this? Uh, so, yeah. if, you, if you're willing to play hockey with the constitution and the the Supreme Court also came back and said, no, it's okay, Rajya Sabha members can be from anywhere, right? So, today you can be from anywhere and the, the number of seats in the Rajya Sabha also pays the number of seats. So, that's why I'm saying, it. why don't we just decide this on arm wrestling, yeah? you know, it works wonderfully. Either you do arm wrestling or you all of us should have uncles who have tractors who are close to Delhi. You know, then if we don't like something, all the uncles can come together, take the tra- tractors, and go and block the So, you guys in Bangalore don't have a
1: chance, basically. You guys. No, exactly.
3: I don't have an uncle who has a tractor, and Bangalore is 2000 kilometers away from me. So, Delhi. you can't Even stop
1: a Jack. check. So yeah. okay, so uh, Jeshi your take on this whole thing, but just um, I, I don't know about. I will not speak for. Ah, uh, we're not Banisha. fans of
4: Manmohan Singh. I, I was, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I've surrounded his house. Here. I've spent a night at Tuglak. I would never dare to do that with Modi. <laughs> but uh, Jeshi what what is your take on how Parliament is functioning? How worried does it make you, or is it more of the same?
0: Hey, yeah, I mean, I remember our half episode in August when, um, when the proceedings were disrupted and the opposition was talking about how they wanted to probe into Pegasus. And at the time, I remember we were having this discussion on, oh my God, like, should they be so obstructive? After all, shouldn't other things we talked about? But then, and then we went on about how, what is the point of calling India a democracy? It's a joke. What is the point of a parliament if the government refuses to agree to a conversation? And now what? It is six months later, four months later, and we're having the exact same conversation. So am I disappointed? No, I mean, I'm not surprised. But I think parliament has become like a theater for the BJP. Like they cherish the notion that they're taking part in the idea of a democracy. They pay lip service to parliamentary procedure. But actual functioning doesn't happen. Bills are rushed through without referring, without debate, without discussion. Opposition members are suspended. It's very much in keeping with this entire governing ethos, which is like a one-man government or perhaps a two-man government. Again, I mean, as we discussed in August, I think all institutional checks, balances. These are just for show. So when they got tired with the show, they got it adjourned. So I feel we're going to have this conversation every single time after every single session. It's just a sort of vicious cycle that we're a part
1: of now. The upbeat, always optimistic gesture (laughs) at your usual best. (laughs) Raman sir, what is is your take? See, three, four things.
5: Uh, I think uh, Nitin and Apar have already spoken about uh, committees, which have become absolutely ineffective also you just see since 2014 how many uh, important laws uh, you know have come through ordinances okay the number of ordinances that have been passed uh, and and and, and uh, it is mostly promulgated i think uh, for 6 months but then they are extending it you know every six months and uh, a few of them have come on the uh, floor of the parliament uh, but uh, many just they persisted okay. uh, they continued with those uh, ordinances. Third thing that you will see, uh, we have a minister of parliament affairs. Yeah. Okay, now the minister of parliament affairs basically, how tactful he can be. Say in say in if in Rajya Sabha, the government doesn't have majority or they have a very thin majority. So how they can you know level it by suspending twelve uh, CMs. So how to rig the parliament. This is what the minister of parliament affairs uh, you know work these days so if you look at the instances uh, you know since 2014 i'm, I'm not saying it never happened before it did but since 2014 i think they've plan in advance that how they are going to approach each law
1: in fact yesterday uh, derek o'brien was also suspended ah uh-huh. So uh, I had to just Google the Parliamentary Affairs Minister. That is how irrelevant all the ministers are. <laughs> I didn't have his name at the top of my head mm-hmm. like uh, <laughs> I used to. It uh, Bhardwaj, when he was Law Minister, and he was Parliamentary Affairs Minister also under UPA, right? Mm. Right and the Parliamentary Affairs Minister is... Uh, where is it? I'll just come to me. But yeah, you go ahead. No, uh, uh,
5: hmm. Minister, and now I think speakers are also... Yes, it know. is
1: Prilaj Joshi, right?
5: Course. Uh, speakers are not that I mean look at the kind of speakers that we had Somnath the kind of yeah, speakers so, we had
1: Somnath was probably I mean although he was really uh, criticized for not casting that key vote um, uh, I remember or he cast it and didn't cast it I remember there was this major criticism around that uh, I, I just find a uh, Venkaya Naidu has also um, you know as a BJP party president, he was very he used to get very irritated if people asked too many questions in a press conference. That persona hasn't left him. He's he's still I think that whole essence of this, you know, you being a little indulgent of people speaking is that is not there. I think in the the, the nature, the just just the personalities of of the speakers, Manisha. You want to? I think to all of you have
4: covered all the important points here. But yeah, I mean, one also has to think what does the opposition do from here because we had this discussion last year. Also, as Jeshvi said uh, last, yeah, early this year, August. But one does. It's not going to change and it's going to be like this. And there doesn't seem, I don't think many people seem to be too bothered with it also because of the kind of coverage this gets. Because it's kind of, you know, the opposition is being the obstructionist force here. They are not able to discuss the issues that they should. And the Prime Minister is doing the right thing or the government is doing the right thing. And there isn't a forum, so to speak, for the opposition to put across a point or even to communicate to the public why it is opposing a certain bill.
1: And also, this doesn't make the noise in prime time, which. Is a disproportionately small amount of people are watching it, but it has a yeah. you know outsized impact on decision making. Primetime debates are on so who tweeted what? It's not really on what bill. Yeah. Even but if you see, look I at newspapers,
4: did, looked, I'm wondering like how many newspapers use the word bulldozed through or said or use past. Hmm. Were these bills really passed? You know? Yeah. So there's really I think Hindu the, uses
0: bulldozed
1: quite a bit. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. go ahead. I want to blame the opposition here for lack of imagination, right? Look. You are up against an uh, adversary in Parliament who is what it is, right? And you know this for the last several years. You know how much strength you have. You know how much you can get away with making noise. And you know that there is no ad- additional advantage in making more noise and you know sh- you know showing things and throwing things around, because you know one of the things which economics tells you is that something which is scarce is valuable, right? If there's a lot of if the, say, something is abundance, it's not valuable. So if everyone's making noise and you also are making noise, it's not useful. It has no value. So I think the uh, opposition has trapped itself in some kind of a herd mentality that this is the only thing we know and this is the only way we will behave. There are lots of advantages. I was, for example, you would do the opposite. One of the things that everyone is making noise, you be silent. Let's say, imagine the, all the opposition MPs turn up and they're all silent. Nobody speaks. They, they turn up in parliament on time, they vote, they do whatever they're supposed to do as MPs, but they don't speak. They don't speak a single word. And then see what happens, right? So I think the problem is not just that the ruling party is bulldozing. Of course, it's bulldozing, right? Because it has the strength and it knows it can get away with it. It doesn't understand that the more you sweat in parliament, the less you bleed on the streets. It just doesn't understand it, despite having itself—I uh, mean, having been challenged so many times—it doesn't understand. But the opposition, for its part, seems to be—you know—let's do this again. We've been doing this for the last five years. Let's do it again. Maybe it'll work tomorrow. No, oh, it doesn't work, right? So. Uh, I don't see what's the point in making
1: noise. I, I agree. The ground game of Congress is very weak. They really need to figure out something that... Uh, they need to take an issue, make a slogan around it, make a movement around it, have True. a circus in around it. And the streets, it. perhaps. In I, the streets, yeah. I mean, they got to do... So. Without that mobilization... T- Twitter if you look enough. at
4: this year the only people who could actually have an impact on a bill were the farmers with their protests
1: yeah. where they and managed attractors. to get the repeal
4: yeah
1: right. <laughs> the tra- uncles with tractors uncles with huh. so <clears throat> um, now i'd like to come back to apar of all the bills that were passed etc and after that i'm going to move to punjab i'm just uh, telling our audience it's 3:45 pm right now as we're recording this thursday the 23rd of december so anything that happens after this uh, you know will not find mention and we will not uh, know about it uh, when this goes up Uh, But uh, we have a new subscription plan, which I mentioned. You should use that Hafta360 discount code because from the 1st of Jan, there's a new guidelines. The RBI's, you know, uh, the credit card online transactions regime takes over. Uh, We have a new subscription plan. In fact, you can save 8,000 rupees if you uh, subscribe for three years and you'll get a lot of free merch. We have some fantastic merch. So you can go on... The NL store, or go on our website and subscribe, get the discount, and get free merch for a long period of time. Now, apart out of all the bills that are passed, and I'm sure it's not an easy one to take a pick on, but why does the this particular bill worry you so much? What are the implications? And I believe at least one election commissioner, former election commissioner, has welcomed it, saying that it may it may nie, it will eliminate du- duplication of votes that, you know, from two places. And specifically what the this electoral reforms bill does is it, uh, on the floor of the House, Kiran Rijiju said that it's not compulsory to link it to your Aadhaar card and your voter ID card. But apparently the way the bill is worded, it is, it leaves it to the government it's to what, under what circumstances you don't have to. And I'd like to add that they said the same thing about Aadhaar. And passport, they say the same thing about Aadhaar and driving license. But no matter where you go, you go with any ID. That is so I, I don't know whether it matters what is said in parliament. Because uh, uh, on the ground, and, and in fact, it's very irritating. Even during the COVID thing. And I, I don't know if any policy makers listen to this podcast. When we were driving to uh, Uttarakhand and I had the COVID certificates. Because my sister is a single mother. And I was like, this a certificate name. I said, I don't need not necessary. I said, no, Supreme Court has said. बट अगर आपका जो लास्ट माइल पे जो बंदा बॉर्डर पे बैठा है उसको यकल नहीं है so, do what the fuck you want in Parliament. <laughs> there has no bloody, you know, this thing. But yeah, why is this of concern to you, part Can you explain the implications and your concerns?
2: I have worked on the Aadhaar matter. So, I was a lawyer for some of the parties challenging the constitution- constitutionality of Aadhaar where the Supreme Court struck down its linking with bank linking which was mandatory and also mobile. But you're pointing to the much more practical implication. Well, if we go to a... Why does the bank still message us like it has some special relationship, even though they are relationship managers. Let's just be clear the amount of emails and messages we get still for link or pop-ups we get for linking our Aadhaar accounts. Even today makes it seem that it's still there. It's vol- it's not voluntary, it's mandatory. And you're pointing out a very important thing because a lot of middle class, well, everyone calls themselves middle class. But a lot of middle class people say, well, convenience. Ahar brings convenience, whereas the convenience where so you're linking it to everything. But let's just come to the much more important stated justification, which has been given by the government, which is that it in uh, in a very very good public purpose, which is uh, essentially removal of fake voters, dead entries, same people uh, 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 voting in two different uh, districts, possibly in the on the same day or in two different states on the or like in different phases of the election so what is the name of this bill which has now become an act but is not been um signed by the president so it's not in effect it's called the Ele- electoral laws uh, uh, uh electoral laws amendment uh act of 2021 what does it do it has two principal amendments the first amendment empowers the electoral registration officer every time you go to cast your vote to say that okay, show you Adhaar, okay. Secondly, they can even reach out before the elections to check if you're registered in more than Two constituencies, whether I'm registered in Saket and Malviya Nagar in Delhi, okay, as Apar Gupta on the basis of two different IDs holding two different election registrations. So Aadhaar will link to both of them, and one of them will be removed, okay, theoretically, thereby also cleaning the rolls. And the third uh, thing is that the central government, which is which will be through any other uh, ministry, will basically seed all our Aadhaars. Okay, ask for us to seed all our Aadhaar's with uh, our election IDs. Now the waiver which has been given, which Mr. Kiran Bedi was stating, Ministry of Minister of Law and Justice, is stating that well, you can get an exemption against this. You can furnish any other ID. But if you look at the language, and I'll just read it. This is what it says. So Section 23 clause that. Uh, no application for inclusion of name in the electoral roll shall be denied and no entries in the electoral roll shall be deleted for inability of an individual to furnish or intimate Aadhaar number due to such sufficient cause as may be described. Now, what is this such sufficient cause? Okay, number one. So, who will determine this? So, who is saying this? Basically, the central government has made another uh, amendment in which it's saying that this sufficient cause... Can be determined by it through rules at a later stage in time but do we really trust that this sufficient cause will be as as easy as possibly furnishing your Aadhaar? and here's the thing Aadhaar linking even with our banks as inconvenient and naggy as those messages are can be done in some circumstances online you don't need to visit the branch but in case you need to verify or do another kyc which is done Sometimes for bank accounts, after every two years, with any other ID, they'll ask you to come in person to the branch. Okay. And for a lot of people, that is the difference between Aadhaar being the default or the other ID being an actual viable choice. So, for instance, if a passport or a driving license is being asked to be verified against your electoral roll, you have to go physically to the electoral officers with a notarized copy, etc. Who will do that, right? So, it won't be truly voluntary. Aadhaar will be seated. But why are people like me angry? Why am I talking in such an excited way? Two basic issues. The first issue is placed in the bucket, which is called exclusion. A lot of people will get excluded because prior experience has shown when you link the Aadhaar database to a pre-existing database, legitimate, legitimate real people get even their single entry for ration struck off. This is noted not as for civil society activists, but in the 2019 National Economic Survey, which says there's exclusion of 8 to 12%. Now, what happens, even if there's an exclusion of 4 to 6% of actual people in the electoral rolls, it basically swings the entire election. Now, even though the CSDS Lokniti 2019 post-poll percentages show that NDA got 44%, UPA got 26% votes, state elections are offer marginal. For instance, in Odisha, BJD got 42% votes and BJP got 38% votes. And this differentiated in constituency level, the winners from the losers. So if 4 to 6% people are deleted, what will happen? And this is an actual practical instance which did happen in Telangana, where close to 40 lakh people were deleted. We do not know what would be the outcome of the elections. Probably it would not change. But 40 lakh people were deleted and a lot of them were real voters who went to the polling booth and their news stories and people can look them up. The second bucket very quickly is political targeting. Basically, when your Aadhaar is also seeded with your voter ID, in addition to Aadhaar being a common identifier for other government services, it basically increases the level of data exchange which can be facilitated if that data is leaked at any point in time. Now, these are not only fears. In fact, the Madras High Court has noted that in the context of elections which are held in Puducherry, a political party used Aadhaar data to actually target voters and ask them to join the WhatsApp groups which are canvassing and organizing for that political party. This is BJP and UID has arraigned as a respondent in that case. Election commission is arraigned as a respondent in that case, and so is that political party, the BJP. People can look that up. This is an order part by the Chief Justice of the Madras High Court this year, in I think in June. Okay, so I'll stop here. But Abhinandan, this is a very concerning hmm. thing which has happened in past. So it
1: can it can have profound impact on just you know voters and and um, voter suppression, which is also a big issue in the US, incidentally, um, right now. In fact, my recommendation also got to do with that. But Nitin, uh, if I... you want to... Yeah, sorry, Jayashree, go ahead before I go so to Nitin. I could,
0: could, I, could I ask a quick question? Sure. Uh, I just want to ask, so um, I know that... what? How does this address the issue of um, non-citizens? Because I know non-citizens can get an Aadhaar card, right? But obviously, a non-citizen cannot vote. So, so they don't have to link anything. Doesn't lead to even more confusion with the passage of this?
2: Yes, the very basis of the Aadhaar database, as Professor Subhashish Banerjee has written in the Indian Express today, is 182 days of residence in India. It yeah. is not the certification of citizenship, and citizenship is the basis of our right to cast our vote, which is verified. Okay, exactly. so you're completely right, Upjyashri. But unfortunately, when this bill was introduced when these objections were put by members of parliament lok sabha the debate was wrapped up in 40 minutes with a voice vote and this bill was passed so we don't know what's the end.
5: No, I, I see it as a i mean uh, a larger conspiracy hmm. i mean if you could not uh, you know exclude people you, the exclusion didn't happen uh, through their ca hmm. act hmm. so they have brought this particular... In
1: in fact, that circularity law. of logic is what, what Apar said. Even in CA and NRC, mm. you know, it is... Indian citizens need not worry. It won't impact them. Ha. But who's an Indian citizen, we'll tell yes. you. So, there was Again. that circularity of logic which is there here also. You don't ha. have to... It's not compulsory to link it. But the circumstances, we'll tell you. so uh, But yeah, Nitin, uh, if you want to weigh in on this before uh, we come to some questions on Karnataka that that our panel will have for you. But yeah, on, on, on the passage of bills and this specific one, you have any views?
3: See, it's back to the same story, you know, that uh, look at the farm bills. I think the farm bills were necessary and much of what they actually tried to achieve was necessary for India's progress, right? For the farm progress itself. You just have a lot of people uh, in very low productivity traps and in parliament. It just so happens that in, in in agriculture, it just so happens that they were asked to trust an unknown God right it's a known devil versus unknown god and uh, you know and you just rammed this through parliament you didn't really sweat it out you didn't even, I mean uh, 50% of the people uh, of the country are in farming so you would have had a nation national level consultation to get people on board to say that this is actually good for you consult you know give and take and then bring in that legislation and take it through parliament but you you know you sort of railroaded it to parliament And people are just unwilling to trust this unknown God, right? They say rather stay with the known devil. And then they'll have uh, uncles and tractors uh, to show, right? So ultimately what you had to do, you had to roll it back. So I won't be surprised if this particular legislation also goes the same way. Uh, I don't think it might be uh, specifically uh, tractors and uncles, but it will be you know, if you're depriving people of the right to Court vote, courts may step in at one particular level. If you're depriving people of the right to vote and you're doing this at a scale which is uh, large enough, you're going to have a pushback, right? So, I think the unfortunate story here is that parliament and parliamentary processes exist for a reason to build consensus, whatever it is. I mean, Apar and I can have different views on the bill, but we are not we are not MPs. It's not for us to legislate. Right? The point is, you must think about all of this when you are legislating but when you railroad it to parliament none of this happens and then when you have to uh, you know uh, face the people and people do weird things with legislation and then you're caught you know you're caught out there and you have to defend yourself and then maybe you have to recant because something else happens right so we're just going deeper into and deeper into this territory of legislation by fiat uh, you know uh, non consultation and even if the, the content of the legislation is good and necessary, right? And who is to say, I mean, this is a philosophical problem. Who is to say that the content of the legislation is good or bad when you have not even discussed it in parliament, right? The test of good and bad yeah. is actually parliamentary discourse. Not what you, Nitin or Apar or Abhinandan think.
1: Right. So before we move on to Karnataka, Manisha, you have anything to add on any of these elements of the bill passage, the specific bill? Anyone has anything to add on this? I think we
4: can move on to Karnataka.
1: Because Karnataka also has some serious legislation happening and not just that, the action on the ground is significant. So we have had um, people on the Hafta from Karnataka in the past as well. Uh, But in fact, most of them have been like reporters. Uh, Nitin is the... First you know, I think we're getting a policy expert, uh, a think tank, you know, someone heading a think tank. So it would be interesting to have his view. Uh, so one is I'm going to ask you a general question about Karnataka and then you can tell us about this particular anti-conversion bill, which is causing huge amount of headlines and um, there are churches under attack. Uh, I personally believe th- these are just dog whistles for the cultural agenda, which was always the agenda for the BJP. I don't think they ever had an economic project. There is no economic project in my view. but. In the south, you know, BJP has found it very difficult to make any sort of dent in Kerala, Tamil Nadu, or Andhra, Telangana, Simandra, you know, however you want to split it up. But Karnataka, they have made significant gains, you know, ever since the past, the, the, the whole uh, south cannot be touched by BJP kind of uh, narrative was there. But this is the only place they've actually really made a significant impact. A, what is it that separates Karnataka from the rest of the three or four states of the south? where BJP can make an impact and the others, they can't. And with this particular bill, uh, what is your reading of it? Since, you know, you do, I'm sure, scrutinize bills and figure out the goods and bads and other alternatives. Hmm.
3: What distinguishes Karnataka from the other southern states? I think the quality of the sambar. I think we do it much (laughs) much better. (laughs) No, I don't agree. Seriously, I think it's to do with the fact that uh, Karnataka is... Uh, you know, uh, it's at the margins of what is uh, uh, the southern uh, belt and the rest of India. Right? So in that sense, it's, it's, it's a marginal, you know, I mean, marginal in the technical sense. And uh, you would see that the northern parts of Karnataka are very different from the southern parts. They were cobbled together from different parts of pre-colonial, uh, uh, pre-independence India. So the politics is very different. The coastal belt is different. The southern uh, Karnataka belt is different. The northern belt is different. So uh, I would look at it as, I mean, I'm not an expert in uh, politics and electoral politics, so I wouldn't know. But I think the, the texture of the state is that Karnataka has very strong regional differences as compared to Tamil Nadu or Kerala and other places. On the conversion thing, you know, there's a broader point here. The broader point is that most of our political leaders and uh, MLAs are no longer leaders, but actually followers of uh, the public mood, right? Uh, At one point, we had leaders. Leaders as in say, like, look, you have the courage to say that this is wrong. You know, we won't go in this direction, right? We don't have those kind of guys uh, anymore. You only have people who follow the public mood and they'll do whatever is publicly acceptable, popular, and so on. What's happening across the country, and unfortunately, it's started happening a lot more in Karnataka, is that people find that they can champion bigoted causes and become famous and popular. And the political system is unable to stop them. Now, many of the people in the BJP government in Karnataka, whom I know personally, are very decent guys. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't think that on their own, they would champion something like anti-conversion or attacks on Christians or any of those things. On their own, they wouldn't. But here you have a situation where there is a lot of popularity amplified by social media, amplified by the national media, which uh, uh, emphasizes uh, bigotry, right? There are rewards to bigotry. And the political leadership and the political class just stands behind them and says, okay, uh, I, I don't want to uh, lose face or I don't want to lose points by, seeing, by being seen as, uh, uh, you know, anti-Hindu or anti hindutva or something like that, right? So that's, that's the game which is going on. Uh, and you can't stop it. And again, I'll come back to federalism. I don't think any chief minister of any state thinks in terms of that state anymore. All of them think in terms of being satraps of the political party uh, in, the, in the union, right? So whether you're Congress or BJP, there's a high command, and you're actually an apparatchik of the high command, more than a very proud leader of the state. I mean, compared to even 25, 30 years ago, chief ministers of states had status... Had some amount of gravitas and self-respect to say, that, right, Look, I represent this state. I'm a very important player. In
1: fact, one of your chief ministers went on to become prime minister as well. Yeah, and I
3: think he was a very good prime minister. Devagouda, he was one of the better prime ministers of the last fifteen years. For
1: all, in fact, I saw this presentation. I think it was Ruchir. Uh, I keep messing miss, up Sharma and Gupta. Who is the guy who was uh, who does the data? I think Morgan Stanley. He was the head. Uh,
3: Ruchir uh, Sharma. Sharma. Yeah. That's
1: Ruchir Sharma. That uh, the numbers uh, of of uh, you know whether it is growth figures, any metric that you see. Basically, he was busting this myth that coalition prime ministers are underperformers when it comes to growth data. Uh, And he showed uh, that the so-called coalition prime ministers like Gujral and Devagoda's numbers on those metrics were better than the so-called stable governments. Uh, So it's quite an interesting presentation at some point. But uh, in 2007 is when, you know, uh, BJP, I think, first came in. And that was coincided with BJP's decline at the centre is when, uh, if I'm not wrong, Yadur was the first BJP chief minister of of, uh, Karnataka, right? Before that, it was either Jantadal or Congress, Jantadal, Congress, like that. So, should he be credited with giving BJP the hold, of course, now he's been sidelined, but was it him that did it? Because BJP nationally was, in fact, on the decline. Who made it a political force in, in Karnataka? At a time when BJP was not particularly rocking the world anywhere else.
3: Oh, absolutely. B.S. Edurapa. Okay. Uh, I remember Edurapa uh, being a lonely voice in uh, in the wilderness 25-30 years ago. And the man really built the party from scratch. Now, what to have is in the last 10 to 15 years, uh, a greater political mobilization of the BJP, online, social media, etc., which has created uh, a narrative which is supporting the BJP. But electorally, for, uh, you know, for b- uh, building up the party in the state and forming the government, it's here to
1: Now, this particular bill, um, the anti-conversion bill, uh, I haven't read the bill and I'll just come to Apar and Jayashi and anyone on the panel who may have. Um, they say only forceful conversions will not be allowed. Is forceful conversion defined very clearly? Or are we again going to the circularity of Same logic?
4: Uttar logic we will decide
1: what is forceful and what is not forceful. And, 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 in fact, there have been 39 attacks on churches and Christians uh, since this... I, I don't know whether since this bill has been drafted or in just the last week. I'll just check the data on that. But uh, yeah, Nathan, what do you make of it? Have you had the chance to go through the bill and really scrutinize no, I, it? I,
3: I, I, I find uh, the topic disgusting, so I haven't even looked at it. Hmm. Because if you ask me, it's none of the, nobody's business to uh, monitor who converts to what religion or what anybody's religion is, forcefully or otherwise. I mean, even if it's for money or for inducement or whatever, it's a personal, a person's personal choice. I don't think anyone, uh, the society or the state should have any business looking at it. So I just find the topic disgusting. So I don't even want to look at it.
1: Right.
0: Uh, I have many things I want to run about.
1: Yes, please. Tell us about that, Jayashree.
0: Okay. One, just to add on as to why um, the BJP did well in Karnataka. I mean, it does go back a long way as Nitin explained. But also, I do think it was um, one issue was the lack of a strong local political party movement based on social justice in Karnataka. I mean, Kerala had the left, and had the Dravidian movements, AP Telangana, for what it's worth, had anti Ramarao, the Telugu Desam party. Karnataka lacked it, which also gave it space for the BJP to do well. With respect to the conversion bill, the anti-conversion bill, I've not read it in entirety, of course. But yes, like Nathan said, it's just repulsive, the idea that it thinks it can intrude on something so personal. So it talks about allurement for, conver- for conversion, which could include anything from a gift, from a promise to get married, from threats of divine displeasure. I mean, I think the phrasing of it itself is quite vague. Uh, see some- threats,
1: threats of divine displeasure is also a forceful conversion.
0: I think find mentioned it as well. It says better lifestyle, divine displeasure or otherwise as among the promises that could be made to induce a person to convert. Um, also, complaints can be filed by anyone, it can be filed by family members of the person who's converted, can be filed by any other person who is related to the person who can be converted. And also the terms of the conversion itself, like so suppose I convert, of within the next 30 days I need to submit myself to a district magistrate. If I do not appear within the district, in front of the district magistrate within that time period, then my conversion is deemed null and void by the district magistrate. It is just a number of insanely bureaucratic steps. So, something that is a very personal choice for a lot of people. And if you do not inform authorities of your conversion, you have a prison term of, I think it's six months to three years for the person who is converted. For the person who carries out the conversion, the prison term is one to
1: five years. 10 years, I think. So, yeah, 10 years is the maximum. Maximum. Yeah.
4: 10 so years and 50,000 rupees.
0: Levels of very shitty things contained in that one bill and i mean to just since i'm ranting i might as well finish ranting so also, <laughs> i do think that this is the biggest tool that the bjp does have against christians i mean it's got a hundred cards that it plays against muslim minorities this is like beef ban love jihad it's got like many arrows in its anti-muslim quiver but the primary anti-anti-christian move is anti-conversion and it has said there is zero evidence of this series of forced conversion rackets that are taking place in Karnataka. There is no evidence of it, but this will function like the blasphemy law in Pakistan. It serves no one, but it will be used to victimize, to arrest, to settle scores. And it sort of institutionalizes this kind of violence. And we have to remember that this entire stream of attacks on churches in Karnataka started with the announcement that this bill was going to happen. This was, I think, in september when they ordered a survey of churches and priests mm. and that was followed by conversations on tabling this anti-conversion bill i mean a church was literally vandalized at 5 30 this morning yes uh, I, I think saw they broke the, the statue so, so i saw
1: the pictures of that one yeah
0: and in this and this is happening in a country sorry i'll finish my rant in like a second this is happening in a country where like we are tracking down people who are tweeting and posting instagram stories about Bipin rawat who may have called him a war criminal and we are arresting those people Meanwhile, a man chased a priest with a machete down the streets of some place in Karnataka, and this is after attacking a church or a congregation, but that nothing happened, and the cops have said that well, you should also take care while holding these kind of prayer meetings that is your
1: yeah I, I dude you're talking about a comedian having been arrested and kept in jail for so long here. The Delhi and the Hardwar, Rishi was that meet?
4: Both. Uh, there was one in uh, Delhi and one in Hardwar. Hardwar,
1: I mean the kind of slogans and the oaths that are taken There's the, and one of those of guys course. runs a TV channel Yeah, forget uh, criminal action, they haven't even cancelled his TV channel. Ram- Ram- no, Ram- I have yeah.
5: a little uh, different take on public mood, mm. uh, shaping of a public mood mm. and whether the politicians are followers or they are the leaders mm. real time leaders. I feel that national leadership you know, they set a narrative for the entire nation okay and in that narrative the peripheral uh, organizations or the uh, i mean like rss bajang dal they started shaping up the public opinion so this was nationalism on the communal lines okay so that was the narrative and these people they were the ones who shaped up the public mood after that i mean uh, the mlas and chief ministers i mean of uh, the ruling party at the na- national level, they become the followers. Right. Uh, so, so, I think I think it is the national leadership in the end who have shaped up the public opinion.
4: I think apart from the forceful conversion thing, another part of the bill says that if it's a willful conversion, the person converting and the one carrying out the conversion after the DM has uh, you know said okay, you can convert again within thirty days, you have to send an Aadhaar card your ID, <laughs> and it's declaring that I've done it. So within, basically in those 30 to 60 days, what you give time to is vigilantes to threaten them, yeah, which is what th- we know has happened in Uttar Pradesh. Yes. You know, with that case that we covered, we're including not just the Hindu right vigilantes, there was a journalist who was threatening one of the women saying that I'll, you know, release your video and mm. all that. So this is completely what has happened in Uttar Pradesh, no difference, and including allurement. And allurement is what, like when you talk to a lot of families in these love jihad cases, the word they often use hmm. is ladki ko behla diya. Hmm. Or wo to phir muslim ke ki, uska so that nikah is That is but, but
5: can uh, file a complaint. Yeah.
1: Exactly, they'll do that. I mean, the same thing with that Texas abortion. Anyone can na, kuch lena. So, Apar, uh, is a constitutional, uh, is a legal challenge to this uh, bill uh, possible and probable as I've been hearing because it can be interpreted as a violation of one's fundamental right to freedom of religion, etc. Uh, but before you answer that question, I think we were discussing the other day what Nitin said about, uh, you know, how, BJ, uh, how Karnataka came about, that in the South, wherever there are strong re- parties that are, you know, regionally uh, extremely entrenched, they'd rather have each other as, as uh, uh, opposition than get, let another third party come in and then completely, you know, wipe out the local flavor. Isn't that, we were discussing that, right, the other day? Yeah,
2: yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, yeah, I'm not an expert on this. It'll amount to some kind of Jim Khan, uncle kind of opinion from me on this. So I'll avoid that. I'll, I'll just come directly to the bill if I, you know. Yeah,
1: so is it is it, can she be challenged on a violation of our rights, fundamental rights?
2: Uh. So if you look at the provisions of the bill and um, the thing is that the principal provision which people are co- should be concerned with is article 25 of our constitution it gives you the freedom to preach and practice your religion as well as essentially identify with a religion if you are not and that is a constitutional freedom all of us enjoy right Now the problem which is occurring quite often and has been stated is that people are not converting on the basis of their own faith, but they are being allured towards, which is the conceptual basis of this bill. However, it's shifting the burden onto a person who has converted, okay, to justify that conversion. And secondly, by tilting this entire provision, like your default is that if you have converted under this bill to a religion, it would mean that there is some form of allurement because the burden of proof is cast on that person. So, I think there are very strong constitutional grounds to challenge it. I've also seen a fact finding report, a joint statement by several Karnataka groups, and I believe a legal challenge will be filed if it's not already filed against this. However, what will the courts do about it? Will they? Clearly laid down, this is unconstitutional. I'm not really clear because if you remember, not even uh, recently, but there was a also a spate of uh, uh, of legislations regarding uh, consumption of beef, which we saw some time back, right? Um, uh, and what happened there was consumption of beef is not illegal, storage is not illegal. What is illegal and what is defined as illegal is the slaughter of cows, right? Which was illegal by itself so but the laws which were made overcame this boundary and said even if you're in possession of beef you are basically a criminal and what often happened was people were targeted under these laws these constitutionality was challenged they were struck down in part by court but then these cases were appealed to the supreme court they remained pending there so what happens in this? The larger question, I think, from the legal community, which should be communicated to people now, should not be the question: Will this law be challenged? It should be: Will this case be heard? So
1: what do you think saying is, the law could be challenged, but whether the case is heard or not is, so, uh, uh, Nitin, um, on uh, you know, I know you don't want to comment on the anti-conversion bill, but before we let you go, you know, I just would like to know your views on. Any of the other policy-related issues, and I have a specific question. But before we come to that, uh, Apar, Swiggy just released a list of the top ordered items in different cities. And uh, Delhi, the most ordered item was uh, some makhana, mutton something. Yeah, paneer. yeah, aloo tikki burger or something like. That. Shame Ma- on you from guys. From McDonald's? Shame. No, no, most ordered on the Swiggy.
4: No, no, but Mekalu tikki is mostly a, McDonald's. No, basically, yeah. no, 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 aloo tikki burger.
1: tikki. It's some paneer McPuff Guys, weird
3: guys, transmogrified guys food. Is,
1: NCR NCR not just really NCR, NCR so it so was good. so and the second most ordered item was masala dosai just, just so, so you know okay. so, so uh, yeah but and, also because people
0: in Madras are not going to be sitting and ordering masala dosai because we just make it at home
1: correct no but uh, but that one you know but, but, but also one, there's one... So they did many states and cities etc but the one obviously missing from the list was Kerala. And I was figuring because where it was number one beef. So if they would have published this, Swiggy would have been attacked. So they said, Kerala ko chordo. Let's not tell the country who orders what there. Let's stick to these safe cities where it's all veg stuff being ordered. But you were saying, Manisha, No, I don't know. But chicken biryani is, I think, again, the most common uh, uh, denominator in all of that. Zomato had biryani. A wonderful producer, Lippy, tells us. Zomato also gave a list of biryani was. So that's That's an outlier. You can remove one person ordering 1,000 biryanis <laughs> and that should be removed. You know, the top five and the bottom five should be removed. But, um, you know, Nitin, before you go, uh, you would describe yourself as someone who, of course, uh, you know, puts at, and I've, you know, read a lot of what you write. Uh, you do have uh, you you favor market uh, logic uh, as opposed to state control, which uh, in a, in a lot of ways, I guess, people around the world do because the state control model is falling apart in many places, but Specifically on the promise of Modi, because I know many people did, and in fact, two very good friends of mine uh, who are bankers, uh, of course, they completely turned around in 2016, but they were very, uh, you know, um, supportive of uh, change of regime from UPA to Modi. In fact, they weren't just anyone but UPA, they were actively Modi because he is going to let markets work, the efficiency of of governance will improve, the efficiency of resource allocation will become better because there will be more of a dependence on markets and he let that work. In that sense, A, how would you describe your economic kind of prescription for a country like India in its current stage? Because I believe, you know, ideologies change depending on what state uh, of development or growth a country is in. And was Modi ever, in your view, a good candidate to kind of push that kind of governance, and what is your view of him today?
3: One thing, you see, I've worked in government, uh, i spent a lot of time in government and observed how uh, decision-making making happens in government. There is massive continuity uh, in political leadership, right? You can take a line and start with Jawaharlal Nehru and keep drawing that line. It keeps comes drawing more or less straight all the way to Narendra Modi. In terms of uh, maybe some blips with Narsimarao, uh, some blips with, with Bajpayee, some blips with Manmohan Singh and some blips with Modi, you know, there, are, there are certain uh, blips, but overall the line is the same. There are far more uh, state, You know what does the state do, how can the state deliver, uh, rather than how does the state get out of the way, regardless of the rhetoric uh, which might be put out. Now, the problem is not just that the political leaders are like that, but they are cut off the same cloth as the rest of the population. So you talk to a lot of people in the country, they say, why doesn't the government give me cheaper petrol? Right? Why doesn't the government make petrol cheaper? Why doesn't the government give me more seats in uh, in a medical college or an engineering college? right? So you are in a situation where both the uh, population, by and large and the leadership believes that the state is an agency which will transform the country and deliver whatever goods that you want to deliver. right? So people like me therefore would be in the permanent opposition, right? Uh, you're like Nikita, you're the other side of every given line in time, right Because the idea of freedom, and liberty. I think Ambedkar explained that very well in the 40s, You know, when he said Ranade and others were marginalized and Gandhi and the others became more popular. It's because the idea of freedom, the idea of individuality requires you to understand what it means to be a citizen as opposed to being a subject. So, if you're a subject, it's very easy, right? So when you are, when you are happy, you applaud, when you, are, when, you are, when you have grievances, you go and protest outside the king's uh, palace. But if you're a citizen, the problem is yours. You've got to fix that. Right? If there is a if there's a problem, you have to figure out what to do about it. Right. If there's a, if there's plenty, you have to decide how to share that plenty. If there's a shortage, you have to figure out who gets what. And I think that idea of citizenship where an individual makes decisions beyond voting for whoever you want, it doesn't exist. Right. So for people like me, I would say, look, the market, you know, reform, et cetera, were just stories which were told to us in the 90s. It's not really happened. The real reform is yet to happen. I mean, you have the state doing everything. Here. I mean, the state runs railways, the state makes soaps, the state stopped running airlines uh, mercifully. But that's just the beginning, right? The state decides uh, what caste you are, the state decides whether you can have a religion or not. I mean, all this is giving more power to the state, right? It's not just, uh, it's not just uh, in economic domain. So we have to now figure out this path out of being under the thumb of the state regardless of whether the, the state is controlled by a populist uh, nationalist party or it's uh, con- controlled by a leftist, centre-left progressive party. It really doesn't matter. You are under the thumb of the state and the weight of the state is on you. It stifles your freedom. It stifles your prosperity.
1: Um, Anyone on the panel would like to have any views on that? Please do come in because after that, we'll let our guests go. Uh, but, Apar, you want to come out on this? Uh, you know, On an ideological spectrum, where do you see us at the stage we're in right now? Do you think a lot of people actually did back Modi because they thought he'd be pro-markets and he hasn't turned out that way because maybe Mr. Adani would disagree? Or do you...
3: Hey, uh, I just want to come in once, Abhinandan. Uh, Just one point here is that people don't understand the difference between pro-market and pro-business, right? You can be pro-business, right, right? but that's not the same as being pro-market. So if you play the game of monopoly, everybody wants to be the monopolist. Every business person wants to be a monopolist. Hmm. A business person doesn't like competition. Right, competition is something which the state and the governance should provide right? and very few uh, people realize this, I think very few politicians realize that. I think
1: that's a very important a distinction, ham-kare. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made that in fact I just made the same mistake of, of completely equating the two but yeah that's a very important distinction, it must be made because the assumption is that the market will reward the efficient and punish the inefficient and often monopolies can become inefficient especially if it's crony capitalism but that's not the same as being pro-market. So uh, Apar, uh, I'd like you to come in on this because there's a legal aspect. I mean, I always used to feel because, uh, you know, at different ages in our lives, we're on different points of the ideological spectrum. I, I think the biggest uh, your difference in Rao's uh, liberalization or the, the, the regime where, you know, corporations the powerful was that you can watch you, the justice system in America. And I was just discussing with Manisha what Nitin said that it gives the citizens so much of responsibility. Like, This morning, uh, I forget the name of the, you know, one of the cops who's being tried, who shot, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, I think it was a black lady. Instead of her taser, she said, I took out my gun and I shot. And the the jury has asked the judge that if he can't come to a decision, what do we do? Now, I was just saying the juries are so powerful over there. These are regular people like you and me who are going to be deciding on the outcome of, I mean, these are profound outcomes. But that's the kind of responsibility that even an ordinary citizen has over there or can can be entrusted with. But a place where, you know, one of the largest corporations, I'm talking about a specific case where, you know, McDonald's was taken to court by the 17-year-old lady who got burnt because of their coffee. And there are a lot of fake news around that, that she got six and a half million, she got eight million. The real case is actually there, you can read about it. She just got under two million. But the fact is that, yes, it was a case of her getting scalded by a coffee. Um, I I don't imagine, and I, I will, you know, I'm happy to say this on record. I have had collection agents of one of the largest corporations in the country come to my office about 10 years ago. Of course, they thought you can come to Delhi and threaten someone with parting with money when it's not owed. They learnt otherwise. That is not possible. But the fact is they could do shit like that. ICICI Bank was pulled up for doing shit like that. Uh, Should not judicial reforms kind of precede market reform? So at least you have a forum where a regular consumer... Can take on the largest corporation, and do you think that would change how people view the economic ideology? If if that was there, you think a lot of people who are not very distrustful of market because it can't make the distinguish, they can't distinguish market and business friendly policies would change their mind if judicial reforms made the judicial system more efficient, and thus I had a chance of challenging someone who's giving me shit service and trying to extort money from me, even if that person is a you know Mukesh Ambani, like Kenneth Lake can be escorted into the court, and that time, and one of the seventh largest corporation in the world, when Ken Lay was, you know, arrested. So, do you think that would impact people's economic uh, view as well, Apar? Uh,
2: I think to some degree, inefficiencies in court processes have led to a great degree of distrust uh, from what is the state capacity to deliver on its promises. So if it takes up a duty, it should do that efficiently. So the day to day experience of a person ever going to a court is one of fear. Okay, or uh, dealing with the cops is one of fear. Um, So the core functions itself are not being constitutionally discharged and that is a big problem in and I think that does play into the wider cynicism of the role of government and exactly what Nitin is saying, you are under the thumb of the government by itself, so even when there are certain, like I I have a very different view of uh, the state um, than Nitin has expressed, I'm much more of a social democrat so I do believe in a certain degree of regulation Uh, which is necessary, given that people are very... India is a very unequal society. But uh, even then, uh, you know, there is a very good argument to be made that what are the judicial reforms, have they happened? Let's just look at what's happened in the judiciary. So the first law actually, which was passed by the first term of the Narendra Modi government was to reform the judiciary, the appointments process. But as many uh, things which has happened... The, there is a social problem which uh, leads to a policy decision, but the policy decision doesn't help address that problem, but ends up benefiting the government. So the selection panel in that, which is removed from the collegian, essentially concentrated power amongst the uh, amongst the government as well as parliamentarians. It didn't have that level of independence, which is one of the reasons it was struck down. And I'm against the collegium system. Secondly, if you look at the funding allocation which is being made for courts or the digitization which is happening right now, it is proceeding well. But you do notice that there have been chief justices who have recommended again and again said, at least for the higher judiciary, appoint the staff, create the court infrastructure, help us do our jobs better. And I don't think so that's happening. So I would say the cynicism is well justified um, but I may not agree with the prescriptions for a reduced role in government in all spheres of activity or to that extent as is being suggested.
1: Uh, would uh, anyone in the panel want to come in before Nitin does? But I would like to say, uh, you know what you said on um, how people are so scared to go to court. I, I'll tell you about news laundry's experience and news laundry is not exactly, you know, I, I'm not saying we are, you know, whatever the guy who owns this succession film, whatever his name is. That Australian... Man. Logan
4: Roy. Logan Roy to hai, I
1: said, nah,
4: book got, the hey, I mean,
1: it's not Murdoch. It could... I I mean, I mean, it I'm not Murdoch or Jen, but... that <laughs> we can go to court because our subscribers, they topped up our legal fund. And a lot of the lawyers, you know, they give us huge discounts because there are a lot of lawyers who give... You know, Apar has offered us pro bono advice often and there are so many people who do it. But we've still incurred a cost in the, you know, two, three cases. Sakal versus us. Times versus us and India Today versus us of close to 20, 22 lakh. If I had to play full market rate and all those lawyers had charged me for the various appearances, like four appearances in Bombay, some in Pune, about four in Delhi High Court, you know, it would be almost 40, 45 lakhs because senior counsel costs a lot of money. And I can imagine a small, let's say, five man operation will say, forget it. Yeah, I'm not even going there. You know, I'll say sorry. You know, they won't take the fight because, and thank you, subscribers, you guys. Keep us going. That's why we don't back oh, off.
4: absolutely. There's no chance. Uh, I uh, mean,
1: we 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 will say, okay, we'll take you all the way to Supreme Court, and you know, we have people who are giving us pro bono services, uh, and uh, often times when we have to pay, we have subscribers backing us. But that is such a disincentive for people. But before you know, we wind up this subject. Nitin, you have any last thoughts, Jeshri, Manisha, or uh, Raman? See, I
3: think we should look at 22, 2022 as the year we step back from the brink. I think we've gone way too much into the brink. Whether you're a pro BJP uh, BJP supporter or you're a Congress supporter or you're a communist or libertarian, I think you just look around you and see how far things have gone. Right? Things have gone to a level where, you know, we are on our way to become a Pakistan. You know, Pakistan didn't become a Pakistan overnight. You know, uh, it started off more or less the same as us, but over a period of time, it deteriorated. We should learn from that. And it's time to step back from the brink. I think the stepping back from the brink has a very simple formula. It is putting your faith in the constitution. Uh, the constitution of India, all said and done is a grand compromise. I think people can say you could do better, you could change this, you could change that. But overall, as a prescription on how to organize society, how to settle our differences, how to manage our multiple grievances and organize ourselves, that's the best document that we can get. So. It starts with everyone making that commitment, right? Uh, And unfortunately, the one institution that is supposed to safeguard that constitution, which is a court, the judiciary, I think has lapsed. I mean, the biggest lapse has been in the judiciary in the last five to seven years. A lot of people blame the executive, blame the BJP, blame Modi. There is merit in those those arguments, but they're doing what they can do. But who's supposed to safeguard the constitution? Who's supposed to safeguard the republic? That's the judiciary, the higher judiciary. And if they don't do it, then I think all bets are off, right? So I just hope that uh, just stepping back from the brink starts all the way from the citizen, that is you and I, and all the way to the top, which is the Supreme Court, and start getting ourselves back onto the the rails of the Constitution, the safety and the comfort of being on a constitutional path. I'm I'm,
0: I'm going to bring my sparkling optimism here and say that I think we crossed that brink years ago. So... (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't... Okay, but uh, your great thoughts, Nitin. Thanks, Nitin and Apar. Before you go, can you give us a recommendation that would enrich the lives of our listeners? Uh, why don't you go first, Apar? Okay,
2: my my recommendation is to. Uh... Okay, watch Narcos Mexico, it's better than the original Narcos and whatever, whatever recommendation, guys. But uh, much more seriously, subscribe to News Laundry. It's, um, I would like to emphasize this because Internet Freedom Foundation also runs on public support and donations. So please do support News Laundry. And do my recommendation, Abhinandan, is not to flatter you. The Karare Chane line, my God, (laughs) every day I think about it when I see that man, Whenever that man. Thank you so
1: much. So much for enriching the lives of our listeners. But yes, do also uh, support, um, you know, Apar and his organization. Apar, what link can they go to to support you? Internetfreedom.in slash donate. So, so
2: internetfreedom.in slash donate or internetfreedom.in, you'll see the button there.
1: Yeah, uh, the link will be in the show notes below. So, do check it out. And yes, you can recommend Narcos. You will not be considered as pushing drugs. We're not there yet. But uh, Nitin, uh, your recommendation?
3: Uh-huh. So, actually, I was quite uh, inspired. But what you what guys said, I I got an idea of what I should do. No, but first recommendation would be just read a book. Right, Read any book. It uh, doesn't matter what it is, just read a book, get off the internet, read a book. Uh, the second I would say is, and the lines of what you guys are saying, you know, at Takshashila, one of the reasons we exist is to take people from outrage to constructive work, right? It's very easy to see the things around you and get outraged and then get frustrated and get skeptical and cynical, right? And that leads us to uh, towards darkness and towards apathy. What we do is we try and take and channel that outrage into constructive work in any area and you will find that across governments whether it's a union government all the way to the municipality or a panchayat you have good people who are trying to make change and we can support them and bring about change at the margin so take a course at takshashila if you don't have anything better to do uh, you could take a three month course or a one-year course it's all online uh, and it allows you to basically change from being uh, an observer and an agitated observer to somebody who takes control and tries to do something with whatever that person is capable
1: of. Okay, it's lovely. Maybe we should get some of our young reporters to do three-month courses at Takshila. Actually, that's uh, that's um. I'll speak with you regarding this. Just give me an idea, Nathan. But thank you. So do uh, do check out Nathan's <clears throat> organization. Uh, what's the link? It'll be there in the show notes. But just for those who are listening, yeah, takshila.org.in.
3: So it's a long, complicated spelling, which I won't uh, complicate uh, on So on, they can just on link audio, on but...
1: the show notes. So we'll link it on the show notes. So thanks, Nitin. Thanks. It's a pleasure having you. And uh, hopefully we shall uh, host you at the Media Rumble and you can uh, get uh, the best of Delhi hospitality. We will feed you aloo tikki burgers till you promise right, never man. to come here again. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you can speak here and enrich the lives of our listeners. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thank Thanks you. Thank, Thank, you. Joshi, yeah.
5: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank
4: you. Bye. Bye. I just remember what I was about to say when you mentioned the Zomato thing. It says NCR, right? So it's probably
1: Noida people. They are spoiling no, no, no. her name. No,
4: no, it's probably indicative <laughs> of Oh, are shifting the blame? No. Yeah, she's like
1: that only. Yeah. No. very sad. No. It's, it's, really so
4: it's more, more profound she's
1: saying that it's profound. Keep quiet, Jashri. <laughs> she's just said it's more I'm saying <laughs> that it's profound. It's more
4: profound. No, I think it is indicative of purchasing power. Uh, which is more in NCR and more people ordering in hmm. because mech alu tiki and all that it's kind of like cheaper and it just means that more people are ordering in NCR compared to so, say a Bangalore or whatever where they're ordering high-end stuff because this stuff is really like low middle class so it's actually a good indication that more people are kind of zomatoing but things but biryani
0: is quite a lower middle class ordering item as well at least
1: well no i think anything no, meat is ch- not no, no, no. that be like, more expensive.
4: like a makalu puff tikki is a very oh, right. uh, much olive. much than like say a chicken I th- biryani no, i
1: think it's also to do with age because um i don't think anyone my age is going to order a Young kids, tiki. Yeah, tikki so wherever there are people in their teens in significant numbers who have money they will order macalu tikki no because, no no
4: no teens with money like no you, the teenagers that you know do you think they'll order a makalu tikki no yeah it'll I definitely your, be low people from I mean, I um lower middle classes or middle class and And which is good which means it's kind of and they live in NCR which means NCR is murder okay possible (laughs) so um, (laughs) so let's move on
1: to Punjab Manisha will tell us the context of Punjab was in news for you know three different reasons one was the lynchings uh, one is the blast that happened just before just we today. started recording uh, in Ludhiana. And Majitha. And third is the Majithya, uh Kind of, I mean, that's an interesting one. Uh, but Manisha, before you On do
4: Punjab, that. On Punjab, the big news was the two lynchings that occurred within a day yeah. uh, of each other. So, one was...
1: so before you comment, so you can just explain the context of all all three incidents. Uh, but want to remind all our listeners that do take advantage of the discount code Hafta360 and get 20% discount on our annual subscription plans because from the 1st of January, RBI's new payment regime, online payment regime kicks in. That means all online merchants, we in any case never used to save your data, but the payment gateway we use. So all people like Newslawn and others use a third party, you know, because they have to go through other rigorous regulation. The payment gateway is theirs. They all have to remove all data and from now on, like an Amazon, etc., your stuff was saved. Nothing's going to be saved. So bef- before Jan 1, if you can subscribe for the year or two, not only will you get 20% off, you will also support journalism. Encourage your friends, family, and whoever else you can. To subscribe and pay to keep news free yeah so manisha tell us about punjab so
4: two one major headline two major headlines actually was the two cases of lynching that happened within 48 hours of each other one case took place at the golden temple there's a video of that where you can see a person uh sort of lunging into the area and trying to pick up the sword person was uh out more uh, and lynched to death the second incident happened in kapurthala in a village gurdwara Dainik Bhaskar reports that the person who was lynched to death was mentally unstable. He's from Bihar. There's not much known about him. The police have said there was probably a case of theft and there wasn't any apparent signs of desecration. He was also mobbed, lynched to death. None of the principal mainstream political parties in Punjab have condemned the lynching, though all of them have come out and said that you know desecration is not done and we will not tolerate it. Sudhu so gave a public speech saying that anyone desecrating Quran, Gita or the Granth Sahib should be hanged, publicly hanged. And I think it's one of these cases where you feel completely hopeless for South Asia. And I think we are ultimately people who are completely with such strong hold of religion over us and whether and majoritarian impulses. So wherever, whichever religion is majority can just, you know, wreak havoc. So this is true that
1: no political party that is active in Punjab, which is basically for Congress, Shiromani Akali Dal, BJP kind of, and Ahmadni Party, none of their leaders have condemned the lynching is that right? Are we sure? Yes.
4: Yeah. The INC, like Pavan Khera, has said this was bad, whatever, and you know. The
1: leadership has but, not. But
4: no one from the Punjab. And Sidhu, she's
1: saying they should be hanged in public. It's hanged. not that different from lynching.
4: And uh, I think this was very disappointing. Look the kind at the
5: of press conference by the police. I mean, you only said the other day he got. He said that we are filing an FIR. Mm-hmm. And suddenly and he gets four or five calls, and then he changes his opinion. Really and and also there is a Sikh code of conduct, and there are several uh, you know uh, self styled uh, groups who say that we are here to save uh, Sikhism. Sikhisms. So they are operating in the state. They do not spare even some Sikhs, you know, whom they feel that they are, uh, you know, they have done some minor mistakes. Hmm. Even they are beaten up
2: right so, yeah, so, and
5: so, 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 so I so think all that kind of policing is happening over there and the and the administration doesn't take any uh, you know punitive step any any crim- and don't file any criminal complaints against
1: them actually the incident raman sir is talking about for our listeners the ig police i think it was kapurthala if i'm not Kapoor wrong Thala, yes. was addressing a press conference and he had said that you know we will do an investigation into the desecration and into the lynching he got a few calls he got up Took the calls, came back and said, uh, "No, not for the lynchings, just the d- desecration." So clearly, that that is very disturbing. And and but I'm just uh, the two things aspects which are curious. One was uh, the young man who was killed here at the border as well by those nihangs. Uh, you know, when they yeah, chopped yeah, off yeah. his hand, and that very ghastly, grisly video was everywhere. That guy was also mentally unsound. Just hmm. It's not a politically correct term. That someone who is basically, you know, yeah, 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 in all villages, yeah, yeah. they have this guy who's a little, you know, his mental state is not completely okay. Um, that guy was like this. One of these guys apparently was like this. At least that's what the Bhaskar has reported. And uh, the photographs and the video seems to suggest it. We don't know anything about the third guy. Yeah,
4: there's nothing known now, about the guy. Now, it's curious that
1: all this is happening now before the election and all of them are mentally unstable people who made it inside the Gurdwara and somehow reached the Granth Sahib or... I mean, it's bizarre that this is happening right now. Uh, Raman, sir, what you were saying about people making small mistakes. This is a dangerous time because uh, any of you who have read the history of uh, the Damdami Taksal's most famous uh, priest, Sant jarnail Singh Bhindranwale. His actual pursuit used to be, he was a very good sportsman. He was an excellent volleyball player, by the way. He would go village to village distributing badam, akrot, and all. Because that time also kids were getting into bad habits like drinking, drugs, you know. And now that Punjab is going through that, I mean, I don't know whether these guys are just beating up and killing people in Gurdwaras so or actually going village to village disincentivizing drug use because Urta Punjab is a reality. And that will get us to Majithia, but we'll come to that later. Ramansh, I so you were saying something.
5: If there are 20 sacrilege cases, 19 out of 20 are always mentally unstable. Hello, and and that's what this uh, you know the Sikh groups say that you always blame that this guy is mentally unstable, but they are the ones who have uh, you know uh, caused uh, you know this harm to the Sikhism so so, so that's the logic these and people gave just
4: to interrupt it's not just here the case in Bangladesh that happened where the pandal was desecrated apparently ah, that, that has, is again, again it was, was a mentality. and it is not very unthinkable Abhinandan because uh, gurdwaras, especially are very open spaces for food you can come in to lodge to sleep so it could invite people from all walks of life and especially people who are you know homeless, homeless hmm. not all well up there and you, then you never know if they have an episode there and do something for now, there's no suggestion to me. I don't understand how the Golden Temple episode is a bit strange because the mm. video just shows a man very confidently lunging for lunging. the sword. Yeah. It's not. It's it's bizarre. But again, we don't know anything about that guy, so mm. there we don't know. But incidents like Kapoor Thala happen all the time. It's it's so possible, common. right? But just to add that Punjab has had a huge issue with the sacrilege. 2015, oh yeah, there was a there big was a case. election
1: issue. Yeah. In fact, that yeah. was the criticism so against. So protesters were fired upon. That's what. Initially, Sidhu attacked Amrinder on that yeah. he hasn't moved forward yeah, on that desecration case. So th- that's, that was where his blank. Jashri, go ahead.
0: Yeah, actually, that's what I wanted to bring up that there is a history of this, and it had been a very big sort of firepower issue at one point. But the problem is that now I think many um, journalists, political parties, and so on, are either not condemning the lynching outright or they're linking it to the state's inaction in delivering justice in those sacrilege cases, saying that now people are forced to take the law into their own hands and so on. And it's a terrible thing. Also, you brought up the lynching at Singhu. At the time, the Samyukta Kisan had immediately denounced it, right? And said, oh, we should uphold rule of law. Hmm. But now, no one is saying anything. Like, no farmer leaders, no uh, SKM, no one is talking about the killing in Punjab. But also I do want to say that, I mean, this entire thing of how I do, I feel the media and the police throw around terms like mentally unwell, often with no basis whatsoever. It's very difficult to figure out cases when it's true and when it isn't. So, and yeah, like Raman said, a lot of people are saying that, oh, you're constantly blaming it on someone who is
4: mentally. allegedly
0: mentally unwell. And so therefore there is anger. But I would even take those descriptions with a pinch of salt.
1: Um, then coming to Majit Now, it's interesting that this is by the Union of India. This is not the Punjab state that's gone after him. Although Amrindar won his first election on the promise of going after the drug mafia. And on that, Majithya had been, you know, basically positioned by the opposition as the guy from the Shirwaniya Kalidal who is behind all this. Um, but nothing really happened. And...
4: Yeah, it was completely dead. I mean, I thought that issues. completely... And of course,
1: the whole... In, in Punjab, everyone was cribbing that, you know, a captain has compromised with... Because Majithya is also um, the brother of... Uh, Prakash Singh Badal's daughter-in-law. That,
4: this that is Bikram means, Singh Majik. Yeah,
1: so, uh-huh. so uh, basically, uh, Sukhbir's wife's brother. So...
4: Kejriwal also apologized to him, no? First, he said we'll send him to jail then he apologized.
1: Oh, did he lose that case? This was Bikram Singh.
4: Ma- and Tribune also famously. Tribune had done these bunch of articles and then this Tribu- put I'll out just, an apology saying... <clears throat>
1: uh, but, but but Tribune's reports, they had to withdraw the reports?
4: They put out a correction.
5: Saying okay. so, so basically is yeah, this sir, you were saying no no I am saying that uh, narcotics the central government narcotics they had come up with a report on Majithya at the time when Badals were ruling ok to keep okay, them uh, correct so what I am trying to tell you and then they didn't act on that, it uh, that report was with me when I, I think I used to be with DNA at that time that report had come to us we were just trying to work on that report I didn't have anyone in Punjab so I wanted to send someone there. Right. So 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 the report was existed at that time. So now invoking that report now, you know, after six years, seven years, I don't know how political it is. Uh, what what kind of mileage they want to get, political mileage they want to get out of that.
1: Yeah. So clearly this gives them a handle on Shirumani Kalidal and the BJP needs all the help it can hmm. in Punjab right now. My theory is the following. Uh, just like uh, Apar is too much of a gentleman and he says, I don't want to do uncle type speculative conversation. Yeah, I was like, conversation. To, this is, this is our, our de- domain. our de- <laughs> de- area. <laughs> but basically the idea was that there were people who were, you know, who knew the government well, who knew journalists well. They had uh, they had speculated that Karuna, he never, although he had many opportunities to he never completely crushed AIADMK. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that in the absence of any AIADMK, the next possible will be either Congress or BJP. I need rather the fight remain within DMK and AIDMK rather than let a party Mm. like BJP or Congress come in. So, on that too, I think BJP would rather have a Congress uh, in power Ah, in in Punjab rather than a Kejriwal. Because if AAP comes to power, they cannot have a hostile... Suppose Haryana is unlikely that they'll win next year. And now all the... You know, you don't cross certain lines in politics. Those bets are off. Narayan Rane arrested by, you know, Maharashtra police. He's in the cabinet. You know, Mamta's police, you know, kind of corners the CBI officers were sent by the centre. Now, if you have three hostile states bordering Delhi, there'll be a daily constitutional crisis and a headache for... So, they would rather have Congress in power there or Amarinder backed by, you know, basically Siromaniya Kali Dal have... They cut off ties because the farmers the farm at the the three bills on, on, on farming. Now they basically need all the help they can get because they have to make sure that either Congress comes back or they have like a coalition party where Amrinder and SAD are allies to someone else. Because anything other than that, an app comes. I mean, there'll be a daily pachada here in Delhi and it's too close. Yeah, they Just three gypsies have to drive down and arrest some cabinet minister or the other
5: no the bjp did not win in harana even last time i mean they struck an alliance with an independent party which came up the chotala's uh, sansa so so i think the same kind of manipulations or or the political alliances may happen uh, you know in punjab as well so majithia could be uh, you know one part of this uh, political game to, uh, to to control Shiromaniya Khalidal. Mm. And uh, Captain Amarindra Singh is already, uh, you know, in, the, kar the, in the pocket. Mm. So, Amarindra Singh, in case he gets 12 to 13 seats near Patiala, mm. where he comes from. Mm-hmm. So, that's the only uh, uh, game uh, this guy has, uh, mm. Captain Amarindra Singh. He is not expecting, you know, anything else. And as, uh, you know, some bureaucrats had told me that 40 seats in Punjab hindus dominate hmm. and if the bjp narrative works in those like i know my relatives in hmm. punjab out and out uh, Sanghis hmm. ah, so 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 they the people are divided
1: so, so they can have ah, that impact. so so if
5: they if they win even 20 seats out of 40 or 18 seats out of 40 so 10 seats this guy 28 in a in a, in a state where i think the total number is 99 or 120 i'll just check 120 yeah something so so so, I think they can and and Akali Dal coming up, so they may again you know uh, politically may 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 revive themselves.
1: Your view of this whole many parallel things happening in Punjab, Jashri uh, from oh, from uh, as, as we Punjabi I... call, to, to see Madrasi ki <laughs> <laughs> Just did not
0: understand that.
1: So, what, what, what do, because in Punjab, anyone south of India is Madrasi, na. It so looks like so you're your What do you Madrasis think of this? <laughs> it looks like...
0: We, we don't we don't think about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, yeah, I have no opinion on this. Drug bust
4: also. 117 uh, seats. But uh, The third headline is the bomb blast today in... Huh. Well, we can't say bomb blast yet. It's a blast. Is it clear that it's a bomb blast?
1: I mean, uh, well Not I guess first it was. I'll just check. It, it did say blast. It didn't say bomb. Yeah. Correct. But I'll just so check. So, blast...
4: It. Which has killed two people, injured five people at a Ludhiana court complex. There isn't much known as mm. to what exactly happened there. But a team of investigators from NIA are there. So,
1: so I mean, the NDTV report says Ludhiana blast. Uh, it says it was carried to disrupt law and order. So he is saying that it was not an accident. At least the chief minister is saying that it was carried out. Yeah. Inside the bathroom of the second floor. Yeah. So We
4: need to know what explosives were used basically to...
1: Right, the the, the Ooh, forensic like teams is actually there even yeah. as we speak. Yeah,
4: they're not
0: calling it a bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a blast.
1: Just a blast. They're calling it just a blast. Um. So yeah, that's that's why Punjab was in the news uh, all of last week, and if I have the panel's permission, I would like to go into the emails. Letters. But one judgment of this wonderful court, and which other court, other than the Madras High Court, could have given madrasis such a one? The Madrasi's to the have come to the help, help once again. Always at the always to the rescue. Uh, so this basically I'll quoting from the Times of India report. The Madras High Court penned a rib tickling tongue-in-cheek judgment. <coughs> so Okay, um,
0: but the, the, the lead of the Times of India report was just hilariously weird. I think that's the one that you're
1: reading now. It says Madras High Court quashes absurd fire against Facebook course supports duty to laugh.
4: <laughs> duty to laugh. So <laughs>
1: Laugh at what is a serious question. This is because we have holy cows grazing all over from Varanasi to Vedipati. One dare not poke fun at them. There is, however, no single catalogue of holy cows. It varies from person to person and from region to region. A real cow, even if terribly undeferred and emaciated, shall be holy in yogi's terrain.
4: Is uh, this
1: no, no this is not true. this is this is, what the, is this? this is a report by uh, by How this reporter can... Kashish Kanan. How but...
4: sweet, Kashish. What is this lead? But then this See, that's what he's
0: you have no idea what he's trying to tell you. <laughs> but, but but I read it in the newspaper, I was baffled.
4: Like...
1: <laughs> but this he's quoted. So uh, this is Justice Swami Nathan. So let me quote. What he's quoted, quote, In West Bengal, Tagore is such, a iconic, such an iconic figure that Kushwan Singh learned the lesson at some cost. Coming to my own Tamil Desh, the all-time iconoclast Periyar, Sri E. V. Ramasamy, is a super holy cow. In today's Kerala, Marx and Lenin are beyond the bounds of criticism or satire. Chhatrapati Shivaji and Veer Savarkar enjoy similar immunity in Maharashtra. But all over India, there is one ultimate holy cow and that is national security, said Justice Swaminathan. So he did make some... And, and then he told by the way this fir was because um the the uh, police from Vedapati had arrested or filed an fir against a cpi ml leader who was going to the hills and he had said uh, i'll just tell you
0: he 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 put up a photo on facebook he was traveling somewhere he put up a picture with the caption trip for shooting practice
1: yeah she, for... so the
0: police filed a case against him saying he's making preparations to wage war yeah, yeah. against the state which is the stupidest case I've ever heard of? How so the silly! Court therefore, did this entire
4: thing and said, "Please <laughs> take a joke." So, how <laughs> silly is this? Yeah,
1: <laughs> what? But I'm glad courts are saying that we should be allowed to laugh and. No, it's, but it's... he's
4: saying Nia is a holiest cow and you yeah, can't touch it at all.
1: So, but but check out what L. L. Justice security. Swaminathan said. He said, "Quote." The petitioner herein is an important office bearer of a not-so-important political party. (laughs) 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 Love that. So, uh, anyway, on that note, let's get straight to the emails. Uh, The first one, uh, and we have a lot of emails, and I have something to say before we start reading emails. We're going to be reducing the word count of emails from 300 to 200, so that we can include more. We're getting a lot of emails, and I encourage that. And please do send as many emails as you can. But if you want to send an email that is longer than 200 words, do send it as an article. Uh, And if it is worthy of being published, it'll be published. Uh, Therefore, it can't have accusations that loosely are thrown around in some of the emails, which I often don't read. I mean, I read the email, but I don't read the accusation that so-and-so was responsible for that bomb blast. You can't write that in the mail and expect me to read that out, guys. So just letting you know. But so we can include more mails, we'll be reducing the word count from 300 to 200. If you have something longer to say, do send it as a piece. We'll publish it as, as a letter. We will not read it out here. So this person wants to stay anonymous. Uh,
4: do you want me to read it since it's scolding you? <laughs> no, I'll only
1: read it. I'll read the first two, then I'm very tired, then you read the next. It says, I'm deeply disappointed in Mr. Sekri's attitude towards the topic of stand-up comics not being allowed to perform. Firstly, entire panelists factually wrong on this topic, which is very shameful. Munavar shows in Mumbai, not just BJP rule states, were cancelled as well. A simple Google search will show that some shows in Mumbai were cancelled as well. Before speaking about a topic, the least you can do is get your facts right. Mr. Sakri's constant insistence that Munawar's comedy is not funny is just immature and stupid. Because not everyone likes all form of comedy. <laughs> I think you should learn to make a distinction between Hafta podcast and Awful and Awesome Review. Also learn to pronounce the name of the individual you are discussing. About in the right way before putting forth your opinion on the topic. You can find certain stand-up routine unfunny or even stupid, but can have enough maturity to understand that other people can find it funny because of their life experiences. So judging whether it is funny or not is irrelevant. Facts matter, rant over. So, Mr. Anonymous, let me call you A. Uh, One is that one little factual error. I don't think, at least I did not make that claim, and I'll go back and listen to it. We were talking that Munawwar cannot perform anywhere. And someone pointed out, no, he can because he did have shows in Maharashtra and one more state. So maybe some shows are cancelled there, but some also happened as you yourself have said here. Secondly, this sentence of yours is deeply ironic. I will repeat, you can find certain stand-up routine funny or unfunny or even stupid, but can have enough maturity to understand that other people can find it funny because of their life experiences. Uh, If you just reverse the truth, reverse that funny and unfunny, (laughs) the same sentence applies to you. So, uh, that is not a fact. The fact is that Munawar Farooqi has a stand-up routine. Whether it is funny or not is not a fact. That is opinion. And Hafta is a show predominantly about opinions. So, if you don't like mine, I'm sorry you don't agree with it. But I'm not sorry for my opinion. And I will not stop expressing that opinion on Hafta. I don't find his comedy funny. I'm sorry that you don't agree. But that's fine. I'm not saying that you must also find it funny. Okay, so Lippi has just pointed out that we said most of the shows states are kind BJP ruled. We didn't say they were only BJP ruled. But yeah, but that's a minor quibble. I think you're more irritated that I said that he's not funny and you find him funny. So yeah, anyone else has anything to say on this? Okay, Manisha, can I'm you not... read the rest of the emails? Akshat's is very long.
4: You want to read that? No,
1: no I'll just tell you what he said. So I've read Akshat's mail already. Mm. Akshat Bhushan, so uh, you basically uh, have said that uh, Mehmood Pracha, the lawyer, you watched his interview on Lalan Top. Uh, he suggested Simi and Indian Mujahideen did not exist. Uh, even at that time, UPA used to persecute Muslims using Simi and, Mujah- and Indian Mujahideen. Uh, and then they have vanished in the last few years, and even terrorist attacks on non border areas have stopped. I'm not sure that's true. That's just your view, and oh, I don't know, maybe you're expressing uh, Mehmood Pracha's view. But I-
4: no, he's talking about Mehmood Pracha's view. Okay.
1: And uh, so your question is, was Simi and I am really a figment of imagination? And then you have said that there have been concerns raised by Congress and left regarding fundamentalism and violence that PFI has unleashed in Kerala. And you have suggested that they were involved in some Bangalore blasts. I don't know. Riots. uh, Riots. But I'm not sure if there's any recorded evidence of that. So that is an accusation I will not just make loosely. Uh, And you you want to have views on that. And the third thing you want to have views on is LTTE. And you've said... It is saddening to hear that human rights abuses of Sri Lanka Tamils have been subjected to, but didn't LTTV interfere in Democratic process of India by assassinating Rajiv Gandhi?
4: I mean, that wasn't an interference. It was... It was a murder, I mean, right? It was a murder. Why oh, does
1: DMK I and mean, demand the release of those who have taken part in the conspiracy to assassinate him? And why is there sympathy for LTT in Tamil Nadu? So these are three, three things that you've spoken about. See, so- me and
4: I am are not a figment of anyone's imagination. I'm very surprised if Mahmood Pracha has said these things. This I, is the a, way the
1: letter has been written i don't know whether the mahmood pracha said this or is akshat's understanding
4: he's saying for, i was watching an interview of lawyer mahmood pracha with lallan top where he suggested that simian indian mujahideen did not even exist and was used by erstwhile upa government to persecute muslims as in that this is just a a unicorn used by governments to persecute Muslims. That's not true. They did exist. Simi and IM have vanished in the last few years. Unfortunately, even the terrorist attacks in non border areas have almost stopped. This line, I don't know who said.
0: But I, I do agree that, I mean, there are extremist elements in all organized groups. But I thought the Indian state did. The extent to which they characterised it and overblown it and arrested people about evidence and all, I do think that is. No,
4: these organisations.
1: Right on that. Simi organi- is a banned organisation. No, no, no these so, organisations. No, Simi became banned in our lifetime. It was. Nineteen
4: seventy-seven. They,
1: they were That's dis- when it got banned.
4: Oh, no, no, sorry, it was formed in nineteen. Yeah, it
1: was banned. I remember I was around. Uh, I mean, I, two, I two, yeah. Two, but
4: during UPA, I think yeah, was, it was Yeah, uh, correct yeah. during UPA. So they, they, these organisations.
1: During the yeah.
5: Are, have uh, disintegrated. I mean. Uh, maybe, uh, but but I agree with the fact that the prosecution of Muslims is linked to this organization. I mean, for uh, example, Kapan. Kapan has also been linked to PFA.
4: Okay, PFI is not banned, though. Ha, it it's is not, not a banned, banned organization. Though. It is a very, ha, I mean, ha, there's ha. So, PFI is like this, they, they keep using it as this boogeyman. Right, but no right. one wants to take any action. In again. fact,
1: um, you know, Akshat, on this, the best answer is read Josie Joseph's book the silent coup there are several examples where he has given of exactly the organization you're talking about so there are two aspects one is yes the UPA government very liberally used these organizations mm. as you know bogeyman uh, 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 uh. and in fact if people had nothing to do with them also they said organizations even if your brother-in-law used to go there or something so yes it was used how you know, dangerous or not dangerous they are, I have no view on because I actually haven't spent any time. But about LTTE, uh, you know, being half Tamil and having many friends in Tamil Nadu, I will say that yes, now less so. But uh, till some time back, not only was there uh, sympathy to LTTE, uh, I a very good friend of mine, who's about 10 years older than me, and this is about a year after Prabhakaran had died. Used to say, you know, Prabhakaran is alive. All uh, these people. Yeah, Nikko, uh, you are not knowing he's alive. He's going to come back. I said, You're talking like those during Bindravalist time. Remember? Ki abhi zinda hai, abhi hai, ek hai. Remember, people used, I said, I will not say his name. I said, dude, you're losing your fucking mind. He's he's dead. Like there was video. In fact, they shot a child, they shot his child also. Man, it was disgusting what the Sri Lanka government did. But the reason why, uh, and it's not just AI, DMK and DMK. Many regular Tamil people have sympathy for LTTE and at that time also had because the, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? The persecution of Tamils uh, in Sri Lanka was real. It wasn't imagined. Uh, and instead of a legitimate way of pushing back, Prabhakaran was born and he kind of took that over. And there were several uh, refugees from, Tamil, from Sri Lanka who would come to Tamil Nadu. So because of that ethnic affinity, just like there is in other parts of the country, they kind of were sympathetic towards a monster like Prabhakaran. That's, and and as far as his, you know, pardoning his assassins is concerned, it's not just these parties. Uh, Rajiv Gandhi's children themselves have said they should be pardoned. I think that's more of
4: a... It's a different that, thing, yeah. Yeah, let's no, get but, over it. Also, because they're not I, masterminds, I, I, no? They're probably just pawns in the big game. So, you kind of...
0: No. So, in my opinion, parties, I mean, in Tabanar, especially Dravidian parties, of course, they have an affinity towards the Elam movement. There may not be explicit support, but it is obviously natural, in my opinion. And it is also therefore natural that they are sympathetic to the convict who have spent only 30 years in jail. And also, in the case of convicts like Pera Rivalin, who was convicted on the most flimsy evidence. He So he was convicted on the basis of someone told him to buy batteries. He bought batteries. So he spent 30 years in jail. So is it in India's national interest to jail people for decades on these sort of charges? No, it's not like from what angle so i think i'm i don't find it surprising at all that parties campaign for the real for their release
1: it's right
4: just to add that i think both the questions it's not either or indian mujahideen and simi are a reality and that they were used to persecute innocence is also a reality and you can have sympathy for the cause of tamil's but I don't know. I don't that doesn't necessarily mean you deify Prabhakaran or LTT because they were also exactly. responsible for right.
1: Absolutely.
4: vast excesses. But that doesn't mean the Indian state was Not just
1: that, they they used children as shields, yeah. I mean that that was they did that. So these
4: are not mutually exclusive. Okay, so next mail.
1: 2001 is when Simi was banned, right? I remember it was when I was... yeah. Hmm.
4: So you've read uh, Akshat's Mail, right? Yes. Next one, okay. So this is from AG High Team. In the previous podcast, Manisha was asking about how race started to enter stand-up comedy. In the US, there was this series named Deaf Comedy Jam. It was, sh- it was a show where black comedians would perform stand-up and the audience too was almost entirely african-american i've only seen clips of it but it would give you an idea about the stand black stand-up comedy culture in the usa some big names have performed here too martin lawrence dave chappelle eddie griffin chris tucker that's a great recommendation thanks ag i'll check it out neha says i want i just want to bring to your attention the plight of resident doctors the neat pg exam required for entry to postgraduate medical specialties was supposed to be held in january 2021 Eventually did in September 2021. The seat allotment process is yet to start with the case regarding EWS reservation underway in the Supreme Court. Overwork, residents in medical colleges are at their breaking point and there's no attention coverage about this anywhere. They're understaffed and dealing with the pandemic since it seems forever and nobody cares. While thousands are waiting for their PG seats... All while we need more doctors to share the load. Please cover the story, it needs to be told.
1: So I saw this flurry of NEET-related Yeah, lots lots of us, lots of people ago. have reached out to but us. But after that, no, even to us. So hmm. uh, so I mean there were a bunch of stories neha on this. I mean either Raman sir can tell us. Is it still a hot report? And I understand a lot of people are impacted by it. This whole PG exam, you know, for NEET doctors, what
4: I do feel uh, I think the bit about overwork doctors during pandemic that's a story that we have no one's really told extensively i think that should be told Overworked and if need doctors i mean just the kind of toll these last three years must have taken on young residents You yeah, know young residents. I mean, it must ones, be
5: the ones who were interning and the ones yeah. who were in their fourth year of med, uh, mbbs they all were working i mean they
4: must be dealing with some sort of next level exhaustion and then there's this thing of there could be more people but you know hmm. so i think it's not a this bad. neat
1: exam not a not an important story sir i mean from a completely news editors point of view if you can just dissect and neha can be
5: no i think we disc there is more an opinion on neat it's not you a know, report pro and, uh, huh. pro and
1: uh, you know anti so it's not report uh, as it's such it's not
5: a report ground report uh, you can't because
1: whatever report has been reported on yeah, this already yeah. Yeah. okay okay but i mean yeah one can look at We that. can
5: see. But, but, we can, we but, should definitely I mean, see. I if have an something. open mind. Okay. So as, as soon as I smell a report, I will definitely do it. Okay.
4: Praveen says, sometime back, there was this news of Prashant Kishore being in discussion with Rahul Gandhi for joining Congress, debates on the role he would play. There was the idea of G23. Last week, Prashant Kishore gave statements around how ineffective Congress's leadership is, taking a dig at Rahul Gandhi and it attracted attacks. I'm completely lost about what happened between these two incidents where Prashant Kishore's relationship with Congress changed. What did I miss? I think that just didn't work out. That's it.
5: No, Kishore, And he wanted a he, bunch he expected, of things
4: out of Congress which
5: weren't delivered. He expected a certain stature, uh, hmm. you know, in, within the Congress that... And say... That, that, uh, 2024 election, he will set the tone for that election. He will uh, find the candidates. He will, uh, you know, give the ideas. So, so it wasn't acceptable to CWC, Congress Working Committee. So, uh, so virtually he... He wanted to be, uh, you know, number two uh, after after the Gandhi family. He just wanted to be the supreme leader, supremo. Mm. So, so so, it didn't happen.
1: So, I will say this, that he has outsized influence over headlines based on his actual electoral significance. Like one sentence of his became that little video that India Today and everyone is tweeting out or, you know, whoever he gives that interview to. It became a point of discussion in prime time. It became something that everyone's was talking about. But what is it? It's basically a one line view of a man who runs a political consultancy. What is it? That's all it is. So I, so I think, I mean, I just think way too much importance is given in that sense. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, as, as someone who has been on the winning side of many electoral strategies. we lost also some.
4: Sure. Okay, dear Abhinandan and team, this is by Muhammad Sajid Ali. In the last week, NL Hafta, you guys mentioned about a Charcha episode on cryptocurrency. I was curious and checked it out. My first Hindi podcast ever. It was amazing. It was informative as well as a bit thought-provoking. I request your team to redo the podcast in English if possible. It would really benefit the non-Hindi-speaking audience. Keep up the good work. Special thanks to Manisha for brightening our Saturdays. Yay! Redoing in English is tough because it's, yeah, it's but- you can't translate it in that sense, like
1: but Sajid, what we are working on is we're working for on, uh, let's talk about crypto. Because crypto's just got so many angles now. You know, the legal angle, the technical angle, so many cryptocurrencies coming up. And, you know, foreign affairs, different countries have different laws on it. So we'll be doing an LT on that. So that will get everything that you need.
4: Dinesh Kumar says, Hi Abhinandan, I'm a subscriber and a fan of your work. Enjoyed your conversation with Amit Verma on the scene and the unseen very much. I live in the US and usually listen to NL Hafta in the car or on my walks. The website and the whole US sucks big time. So much so I have stopped listening to it. I will still continue to pay to keep news free. But unless you get an app or something, it is going to be hard to consume your content, which I love, by the way. Oh, God.
1: Ganesh, the rest of our content, uh, you have to admit, works fine on the web, But the podcast is a problem, I agree. Our app has actually been ready for almost a month. But there is some integration issues with our payment gateway. And to launch our app without that subscription payment gateway happening, will just... Uh, be a huge problem because then let's say someone downloads the app and say, okay, I like what they're doing. Let me try to pay them. And the payment option isn't there or if it keeps failing because it's, there's just a compatibility issue, it would be a real downer. So we're just waiting for that compatibility to be resolved. The NL app is actually ready. Just FYI, many of you must be wondering why, you know, it keeps getting delayed. We are just trying to figure out the, the two issues of compatibility that we're working on. As soon as they're done, we are hoping that within the first two weeks of January, the app will be out. Then it will be a seamless experience.
4: Okay, Ayush says, long mail, Dear Abhinandan, in the last episode, you had given a recommendation regarding a podcast on the British royal family and how long UK taxpayers will tolerate them as head of state. I would recommend a video by CGP Grey where he explains how the royal family actually brings in more revenue from tickets, merchandise, advertising and public property than what UK taxpayers pay for the upkeep of their lifestyle. Additionally, a far more interesting topic is that of Commonwealth realm countries removing the British monarch as their head of state like the Barbados did recently by becoming a republic, which wasn't covered much by the media. I had also tried to read up on why movements from becoming republics aren't more popular in the Commonwealth realm countries, example Canada, Australia, New Zealand, etc. I don't understand this. Movements. And basically,
1: that remove them as, you know, head of oh, state. Okay okay, so okay, 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 th- okay. These Sorry. predominantly hmm. white countries, I guess. So I think it's got to do with I that And I came also. to
4: the conclusion that some of the indigenous population, like the Maori, in New Zealand, Aborigines in Australia, and Inuits and Native Americans in Canada, actually hold on to their treaties with the British Crown as a very important tool for bargaining with their respective governments regarding special rights and privileges. I thought i will share this interesting piece of trivia as we in India overlook this when we talk about the British monarchy and paint them as these pretentious Kardashian esque family due to both popular culture and the nature of their colonization. But for some communities, they genuinely see the queen and the crown as guarantors of their indigenous rights. Very interesting.
1: I think that's an interesting uh, theory. Uh, who's written as male? Ayush. Ayush. Uh, I, although, Ayush, I would suspect, I'm not a trained lawyer, that even if the monarchy is removed, if, if the queen is removed as monarch, I think that the legal uh, kind of obligation will still stand. And in fact, there's a very good uh, podcast on this (coughs) in um, NPR just a few weeks ago on the fishing rights, uh, which are the lobstermen, a tense conflict between indigenous fishermen and commercial lobstermen fled in Nova Scotia in the fall of 2020. We'll give you the link of this in the recommendations. So exactly what you were talking about. But I am I mean, I don't know if the queen and the family bring in the revenue of, of tourists coming to see the spectacle. But I'm just at a philosophical level opposed to living in the twenty twenty one year and having a queen or a king. I just think the damage it does in our perception of democracy and the message it carries is more damaging than any revenue they may bring in through tourists or tourism.
4: I'm new to news laundry. Is there any program made on elected members? Uh, no, we'd have, uh, weekly show on the Sansad Sansad watch mm. proceedings in parliament. Are there any rules in constitution penalizing the elected members? Everyone knows but doesn't want to speak for whatever reason best known. What has changed since independence in this regard? We say India is not a presidential election but all debates speak otherwise. What are the good and bad things about the election? Wow, this is like So Sandesh, at
1: least three of the <laughs> answers
4: I just re- They are like, let's talk about each of them. You, no,
1: but three of the answers you'll find in we have constitution season one, constitution season two and uh, uh, Meghnad show Sunset Watch you'll find three answers in that and also you can check out my interview with the uh, former uh, election commissioner Lavasa uh, but we will be doing a more robust kind of um, constitution S- season 3 so you can check that out Ankit says I often feel I don't do enough to spread the word of about news laundry so I've created a community in my workspace workplace so if there are any Amazon employees listening to this podcast feel free to join the news laundry community yay! page. yay
4: Ankit thank you
1: Ankit but, works in Amazon, he's created a, a community in his workplace, which I'm guessing is like...
4: But how will people join this?
1: They must be knowing, they, have, they work at Amazon, they but know
4: these w- things. But the new... <laughs> 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 no! <laughs> hey, but he said any Amazon employees listening to the podcast, feel free to join the because news... Because the, Am-
0: ra- the Amazon website or their system thingy will have a news laundry community. Oh,
1: but look for that. It. Do you work at Amazon, I How Manisha? high tech, no. So how do you care? As long as they I just.
4: <laughs> Manisha just cares about our subscribers. But I care about our sub- Amazon employees.
1: <laughs> right.
4: Who are our subscribers. <clears throat> then. Um, Can we get discounts?
1: <laughs> no, you guys can't. Ashwin says, you guys are doing a great job with News Laundry. I'm proud to support your mission. The farm law withdrawal took, looks to be a strategic withdrawal. And I agree with Raman Kripal. That was done with an eye on election. That being said, the government should retrospect if they do that uh, on the way they sh- shoved these through parliament. I certainly think that a tremendous opportunity has been missed when we need reforms in various sectors like land, labor and education. The way these laws are pushed through and with equal ease were withdrawn does not bode well for any reform. As we all know, the present model is beyond its quote-unquote use-by-date and isn't viable for the small farmer and FCI that subsidizes it. Good point, which also Nitin made. I suggest you bring in some contrarian views in the podcast and not let it be an echo chamber. I think Anand is a counterbalance. My suggestion is to have markand who's markand
4: i think he means makaran paranjap paranjape mm. okay i think uh, I'd rather have someone like i'm um, no but it's not true that we've had a complete echo chamber we have had people here yeah, who said that even vivek for example he mm-hmm. at length wrote uh, and spoke about why the reforms were important Okay, Mayang Pandey says, dear NL team, thank you for the great work you're doing. As a teenager in the 90s, I vividly remember how Kamandal Mandal politics was scoffed at by my classmates and close friends. For a long time, I was confused how some of those friends, I was confused of those same friends, judging by their recent Facebook rants and rabid posts became so communal. Okay, he's confused how those friends became communal. Yeah. One probable answer dawned on me while cleaning my old bookcase. I came across 10, 12 children book. Children books from Gita Press, Gorakhpur, glorifying the valor of Rajput Maratha princes, protecting cows slaughtered by Muslims, and sacrifices of princesses committing Johar to protect their honor. These books seemed like Indian version of Birth of Nation, The Clansmen. As I recollect, these books were quite popular and even available in railway stations' bookstalls. Reading them, you could see how these narratives may have changed the perspective of impressionable minds of millions of children. While researching on this angle, I came across Akshay Mukul's book, *Gita Press and the Making of Hindu India. It's actually one of the seminal works on this. Mm. I would appreciate if NL Hafta team has read his book and can provide their thoughts on this topic. Do my… Do my insinuation about Gita Press hold any merit? If yes, looking forward to NL report on this under the radar organization shaping our country's polity. I think we should get Akshay sometime on the podcast. Didn't
1: yeah, that's a great idea. But didn't we do an interview with him after his book came out? I somehow remember.
4: I feel like we did on Gita Press. But
1: I think we got him on the Hafta the we week. We did
4: get him on Hafta, and,
1: and it was the week. Bukul. Yeah, uh-huh. I think we got him on the Hafta the week where he had released uh-huh. this book because I remember discussing this book with him and yes. I think it was on the Hafta so do have a look at that in fact uh, Lippi our wonderful producer will check and she'll put that in the link uh, it's
4: and not a bad idea to revisit the organization it is, what it yeah, does yeah. today so I think we should, get him, uh,
1: we should get him back uh, but thank you for that for that feedback
4: Vasu says hi News Donnery team really loved NL Hafta 357 I wanted to know the panel's view on JSI Deepak and can you do an interview with him also, please oh try to get Gurcharan Das on Hafta to discuss about farm laws. Because his piece in T I was really good. And he would be able to provide some great insights. We can call Gurcharan Das. Sure, but You're not
1: a fan, but still... I'm not a fan because Gurcharan doesn't say anything too this way or that. He's like a status quoist. So, he kind of says, "Ha, ye bhi theek hai, to wo bhi theek hai. But, you know, let's it's not, not a be... a to get him. Just for theek, sake but of But I don't know who this person is, J. Deepak, but he He's
0: a right-wing... Um lawyer who is one of the people appearing in the Sabri Malay against women entering the temple. I see. He does a lot of videos on right-wing causes.
1: Okay, so Lippi, please make a note. Let's uh, give this to our wonderful researcher, Tarmeem, and she can maybe get Tehri, Sorry. Um, sorry.
4: Abhi says, Hi, NL team. While your pitch is pay to keep news free, which some others have started to say as well, I think you have another differentiator that made me subscribe. I can be wrong. I feel that you are more like an employee-owned organization where you sincerely seek subscriber participation, okay? It's a trinity of the owners, if there's any, employees and the subscribers. If it is true, then there's an interesting experiment I would like to watch its scalability as you grow. I've spent my life in university education where the situation used to be similar. I've observed an opposite transition. As the university grew, professional managers took over, the leadership and the academics were left out. What do you envisage when you are listed company with a board, if at all? How do you propose to ensure the role of a subscriber as a stakeholder too? A little digressively, what's your take on something like Yanis Var? I don't know this last Varoufakis proposes in another now. Who is this? A philosopher? I'm no, guessing. No, no. He's
1: that he's guy, all, yeah. He's
0: a writer. He wrote about, um, he writes a lot about like game theory and finance. And oh. like.
1: No, no. He was also that famous he Greek was also a finance. He was a finance minister for Greece during that time. Exactly, yeah. That, yeah. The guy Ooh, who would... okay,
4: okay. Got it, got it. The biker guy. Bike, okay, the biker leather bike, jacket. Bike yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh,
1: he uh, so he's like, he was one of the most left-of-centre yeah, finance yeah, yeah. minister that well, Europe yeah, has had in a while. So that's that's him. Hmm.
4: Another point, do you ever envisage being heard or watched by non-Hindi speakers? The participants often switch to Hindi, possibly unaware, while Jeshri says that she doesn't understand the language. They are perfectly aware. It stops Obviously, me from recommending NL to non-Hindi speakers. So, uh, Abhi,
1: you're right. Uh, Maybe you can't recommend our Hafta podcast to non-Hindi speakers because many of us do break into Hindi. But But
4: it's mostly English.
1: Yeah, but News Laundry Hafta is one podcast out of we have so many reports. We have our Daily Dose podcast, which is completely English, Uh, you know. So there is a lot of stuff that News Laundry has that is not, you know, bilingual. Uh, so, but yeah, we'll try to like separate the English Hindi more and more going forward, but there will never be a clean separation because this is India. And that's just, um, you know, at just Mahadi here, at just Mahadi. That's Kannada, for those of you who don't know. That's it, just. I'm, sorry,
4: I'm waiting for some hate letters coming your way. But
1: yeah, the hates are coming. But you know what you said, uh, Abhi, uh, I have actually mentioned this in an earlier hafta. Uh, right now, we are not an employee-owned company as such. Uh, Although we do have a a scheme that is going to be put in practice of once you cross a certain amount of years, you get a certain amount of shares. Uh, But I have mentioned that going forward, we are trying to put in place a very unique ownership structure. Right now, there are 11, I think, people who own shares in news laundry, uh, out of which the majority are owned by Prashant, Rupak and me. Madhu, as you know, retired. In fact, someone had written a very three-line letter. I'll just put that. You were speculating, did all the assaults come on us from... You know, the state and that, Madhu retired and she did that because it was happening. No, they're not connected. I'm just letting you
4: know. Did this is just Madhu is doing these cases
1: against no, no, her? Did, no, he said, I said, no. Madhu had actually stepped down from day to day duties of uh, um, this thing. I think about a year after you came, Raman sir. She had stopped pretty much uh-huh. coming to office. Yes, sir. So I think after Raman sir came, within a year, Madhu had stopped mm-hmm. coming to office uh, more or less. She'd come for hafta once in a while, that too. So it happened way before all this shit hit the fan. So just there's no conspiracy there in case you're wondering. So, um, but going forward, news laundry, we are, you know, trying to do a structure. It's a combination of the Reddit ownership structure and the Guardian ownership structure. You can read about that. But hopefully we will be the first media organization in India that'll have an ownership structure that is so unique and new. And therefore no one can have outsized influence on it uh, because our board will be structured such. And yes, there will be room for um, super subscribers on that. But they can't influence board decisions because they'll be too, too small a percentage, I guess. So I mean, so we're contemplating various um, unique and inclusive ownership structures. But yeah, the like the Guardian Trust, the employees have a seat at the board. That is something we will definitely be doing.
4: Next mail is by Abhilash. He's a bit upset that we didn't read the December 6th email. So we're reading it now. Uh, yeah, sorry. before he
1: did that, uh, Abhilash, I'm politely going to be a little... Impolite. <laughs> yeah, if you have someone to say, just say it. Don't speculate that because I was critical, you don't read my mails. If you've been listening to Hafta long enough, I really don't give a fuck if someone's critical. So, we read... I have read mails where people have called me names and you have been far more polite. So, if any of you are going to start your letter about why... Oh, we are critical, so you will not read. If you know us long enough, that doesn't stop us. We can happily take it in the jaw, give a justification if we think there is one, and say sorry if we think there is none. So, just... Avoid this beginning for any letter. If your letter gets missed out, it's because there were too many letters or because Lippy is just very lazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there is no other
4: reason <laughs> so Abhilash had said in his previous letter I am a regular listening listener Hafta is of my Saturday schedule for a while keep up the good work a few pointers to improve the quality see that's not critical you're just giving us pointers to improve quality which we're happy to listen to please do more homework Charcha listener mails landing in Hafta and being pushed to Charcha from Hafta is disrespecting listeners in my opinion okay similarly if there are letters about Anand discuss them in his presence courtesy even if it happens why won't you edit it out? Uh, As in are you saying
1: that we should do it in his he, presence? Yeah, he's saying
4: he only discuss letters about Anand should be discussed in his presence. Fair okay. enough. I guess it's, he's right. Especially if they're very critical. But
1: because of... Okay, but Sometimes guess, we miss it, but, but some, we get but it. But yeah. Anand, was he had an emergency. So for almost two months, he didn't appear on any of the podcasts. Maybe that.
4: Hafsa is a weekly podcast. Wonder why the ephemeral breaking news is announced in Hafsa, Like XYZ is meeting... It also shows that you're not fully into the discussion while recording. No, no, that's not true. A lot of people also get their news from Haftar. So we do want to give them a sense of what's happened through mm-hmm. the week. And If a big news breaks while we're recording, we think it's important to point it out. And as journalists, we are. It's true, always plugged to news. So you'll never find us so into a conversation that we won't notice. Yeah, we
1: disagree with a this con- con- recommendation. If something <laughs> important happens while we're recording, yeah. we shall announce it.
4: Hosts not allowing others to complete their thoughts and later justifying by things like guests were in a hurry. Please stop doing that, okay? Like Akar mentioned, please let experts do the talking, then commenting on areas where you lack expertise.
1: Hafta is a talk among the senior editors and the management, which is me, of News Laundry. It is an exercise in transparency, so you guys know how we work. Some of you get your news from that. So, if you want me to speak, what would it be? So, just let me put the ball in your court. Do write to me again on abhidanandsekri at gmail.com directly. You can write to me. And I'm happy to invite you on this podcast. What do you think is my area of expertise? What should I talk about? Because I don't think I have any area of expertise. What is Manisha's? What is Ramansa's?
4: Okay, so yeah, we but what we can do is prepare better. If that's your suggestion, we can do that. Some of Abhinandan's comments on investing are on lighter note. When it gets repeated, becomes boring. Avoid casual investment comments. Stick to high standards you try to bring in others on your discussion as well. Why do you want to give others a chance to quote your in wrong context? Okay. Thought experiment. Imagine what would have been the outrage in India if money heist was set in an Indian context. Maybe that's why the quintessential Desi IT guys from Pakistan in the series... I haven't
1: seen money heist what I don't get the Na- neither have I neither have I <laughs> sorry Lam- sir, we are all looking at you <laughs> <laughs> since you are the, I, only, I, I the saw... only gen here, since you are only gen z in this context oh, I no idea what money heist,
5: heist. I, I saw it oh, but dear, he uh, has. <laughs> I no no. I mean it has it, it has many seasons so I got bored
4: <laughs> <laughs> sorry we can't uh, indulge you in your so, thought experiment Abhilash,
1: <laughs> sorry none of us know this but thank you for your support thank you for your, this thing and Bro, uh, I welcome you for, uh, you know, uh, this year we haven't had it actually. Every year we used to have a subscription Haftar. Remember, only subscribers, six subscribers. So Lippy is saying she'll do that. So please get Abhilash so he can, uh, you know, put his criticisms to me directly. Abhishek. Abhishek, be- okay. Abhilash. Abhi
4: no, Abhishek is next. I next, next
1: Abhishek. A lot of Abhis, man. Yeah.
4: Hi NLT, Merry Christmas to everyone. You people are doing an amazing work. I like Hafta, Chacha, awful and awesome reporters without orders. Though many people have many complaints about many things, I have none. <laughs> 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 How sweet.
1: <laughs> Abhishek, Abhi please call us in the last and Abhishek should both be there. <laughs>
4: He says, a special mention for Mr. Anand Vardhan. He's well-read. Always very careful about the line where information ends and opinion begins. In the religious podcast, I almost laugh when he said he's agnostic. He should come more often on Hafta and Charcha. So, we'll forward your compliments to Anand. I have a request for Ms. Manisha. These days, every media house is doing podcasts and podcasts are not covered by nuisance. One such podcast is Teen Tal by Aaj tak. It was started as a light-hearted, humorous take on things around us. It has now a big fan following in small towns. They also have their own WhatsApp group. The kind of narratives the podcast propagates, especially Mr. Kamlesh Kishore Singh, I think he's the editor, he is, is way too problematic. Recently, the podcast trivialized the lynchings as something which is way too exaggerated because people record everything and upload on social media. There are other such narratives, but I have word count limit and I think you get the idea. They often take a dig at media houses who use the term quote-unquote Godi media for them. I really think they are way too cunning and doing way too much harm due to their light-hearted format. They must be brought to nuisance if possible. We'll check this podcast out. Thanks.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we should check it out. So uh, that's what we have in the Hafta this week. We shall leave you with a Christmas greeting and a reminder to buy all your Christmas gifts from the NL store. uh, So that not only will you be giving those you love a wonderful Christmas gift of the amazing exemplary quality that News Laundry is famous for. Although these things aren't manufactured by us, they're third parties, but nevertheless, we can we can always, we choose. You
4: say that in that mutual funds well. I we, fast we, forward, we, all these But we
1: choose our third parties very carefully, which we do. I mean, we've met like five people before we said, okay, you will you know do the News Laundry merch. Uh, and also, you'll be supporting journalism. Uh, and also, uh, we will now leave you with our recommendations. Uh, Jayashree, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, I have just one recommendation. Since it's my last recommendation of the year, it is polar exploration non-fiction
4: of this year It is. You're going no. to meet us next year. Abhi, you're yeah, going but to meet us recommendation next Recommendation
1: to the audience. That that go yeah, Manisha Manisha's just interrupt. <laughs> See, as Abhilash said, there's too much of interruptions happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so the book is called In the Land of White Death an epic story of survival in the Siberian Arctic. It's by Valerian Albanov. It's about an exploration that's possibly even more disastrous than Robert Scott's. Therefore, it is excellent reading, very gripping, very tragic.
1: So, yeah. Right. Raman, sir?
5: I want to replug two stories uh, done by Ayush and uh, Basant. Uh, This is about the land in Ayodhya. It's uh, in the news recently. Uh, The land has become very prime in Ayodhya and all these uh, Bigwigs uh, among politicians and and the bureaucrats, they are uh, you know buying this land uh, and uh, w- there is a breach of uh, you know uh, ethics propriety uh, propriety. So so we were the first one who had come up with these two stories, uh, and uh, this was about mayor's nephew who had right. k- taken some land. So in f- I wish we had done you know number of stories, but we don't have a correspondent. Uh, placed in Lucknow at the moment. But as and when we have, uh, we will do most such stories. And second recommendation is uh, purely because uh, our journalist brother has created Decoupled and this has become Manu Joseph. Journalist
4: brother. Journalist <laughs> 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 brother. <laughs> Take so, note. If Manu is so, you are Raman's so,
5: journalist so, brother. <laughs> so this guy has created it hmm. and uh, this has become number one on netflix Mm. in india Uh, so uh, i am not judging it i've seen just one one episode
1: i I have seen two you can hear my comments (laughs) on it in the awful and awesome i have lots to say but i will not be as harsh as many others have been just fyi
4: i thought the actress was excellent she's really fabulous i thought
1: the scripting was so clumsy i mean it has but the
4: girl who the wife suveen her name is i think she was just very good
1: Huh, so, your recommendation?
4: Uh, so, I will humbly recommend my interview with Amitava this week. It was a nice 30-minute feel-good interview. We discuss a lot of things like fake news and I think just Amitava is just one of the very interesting authors with a lot of interesting insights. So, that's a fun watch. Please watch that. And a report in scroll on Dehradun, my hometown and how it Went down the drain. By a
1: former colleague, Ishan Kukreti. By our former
4: colleague, Ishan Kukreti. It's how not to develop a hill station. And anyone who's grown up in Dehradun would really read it and feel sad.
1: So I have uh, two recommendations. One is a very important one, and it's unfortunate, it's behind the paywall. So <clears throat> if any of you can gift a Washington Post subscription to some friends of yours, uh, it's called 18 Steps to a Democratic Breakdown. It's by Risa Brooks and Erica De Bruyne. Uh, the context is obviously what's happening in America, whether it is, you know, electoral suppression of, you know, people voting, um, institutions getting completely destroyed. It's a very important read. It is an easy read because it is, you know, punctuated by uh, illustrations, etc. But very important in the Indian context as well. So do read that. I repeat, it is it is called 18 Steps to De- a Democratic Breakdown. And the second recommendation is like that wonderful uh, subscriber had told us about There are, you know, treaties between the queen or the crown and local communities. Consider the Lobsterman, which is a Planet Money podcast. Uh, It talks about the fishing rights of, you know, the natives of a particular area which was taken over during colonization. And how uh, the new modern companies are trying to kind of annul those agreements. So on that note, uh, I shall say goodbye and I will not play a song for you but a wonderful Merry producer,
4: sure. Jude,
1: say. the awful and awesome who has a lovely voice will sing a Christmas song for you. So come uh. Jude or you'll be fired tomorrow. <laughs> 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 so Jude is right here. He's going to sing and we will all join him in singing a Christmas ditty. La 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 <laughs> Any song, Christmas? let's sing something Christmas. You're Christian, why are you asking me? I'm a Punjabi, I'll just sing like, yo your Honey Sing. No, don't. Please. Let him take
4: will, snatch
1: the mic, dude, quickly. If you ask me, I'll go native. So I'm asking you, you go native, man.
3: Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell
2: rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bells ring. Ring. Slow in and blow in a bushels of fun. Fun. Now
3: the jingle hop has begun. Begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell,
2: <laughs> jingle bell rock. Rock. Jingle bells sham and jingle bell time. Time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. Square. In the frosty air.
1: <laughs> That's it. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's just-
3: It away well time is a swell time To go gliding in one horse sleigh
1: <laughs> <laughs> So I hope you love Jude That is a wonderful producer of awful and awesome Jude Who has a career as a musician And I'm going to be a sidekick at the back And when you finish I'll say rock Rock, rock so have a great Christmas, be kind, be generous to people, uh, g- give uh, whatever you uh, don't need and uh, yeah, be tolerant of uh, just the goodness around you. If it bothers you so much, stay home and shadow. just don't sudo outside. Bye guys.
0: Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform.
1: Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent